So did you ever see the like Imperium misheard lyrics video? Maybe, but I don't. So it's hard. I have to work to like not hear those. This this, oh, yeah. this shit was like in 2005 I know or some mean, shit like though. that. And it was like, rare meat now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck your grandson's ass. <laughs> it's like, I still think about every fucking time I hear this song. <laughs> still thinking about fucking that grandson's ass. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I guess Rob does say prejudice kind of weird. <laughs> It's a hard word to scream. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, and he really like stretches those vowels in some weird ways sometimes. Yeah. Matthew Lawrence Cardiari. <laughs> he really rolls it around in the mouth there. Yeah. yeah. Behind all the teeth and <laughs> yeah, under the tongue. That that's an amazing moment on the record. I fucking love totally. that moment. I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, you must have had to go lay down after that and then come back to the next take or something. Yeah, well, it's one of those that's like, dude, if you just read that shit, like, written down, you'd be like, fuck, I'm not supposed to read that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you feel like you stumbled onto a motherfucker's diary. Like, okay, right. you're trying to sort some shit out. That wasn't for me. I'm sorry. I read it. Uh, I won't say anything. You won't have to say anything. <laughs> Episode 31, recorded June 30th, 2022. Get it started. It's such a, you know, like I should have had this stuff checked out years ago, but I got, we've talked about this before, but you know, I got in the habit in my 20s of just yeah, not yeah. going to the doctor. Same. You know? I mean, that just carried on from actually not being able to for so long that it just became your default, like, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> default yeah, yeah, stance yeah, yeah, yeah. on things. Like, I'm not dead. Just keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not actively dying, so what do I need to go to the doctor yeah. for? Like, I, can I, is the pain too bad? I, I can't go to sleep? Okay, then we'll go to the doctor. Right, 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 right. And that's just not a good way to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it is so frustrating. I mean, I'm grateful, but it is so frustrating to me and enraging almost that now that... Like that now, like that I know what it's like now to have good insurance mm -hmm. and how much cheaper things are now that I don't need the money or, or now that I don't need like, or now that I have the money, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like now, now that the care is available, it should right. be needed, but right. Because Alice has a good job with great insurance. And yeah. so, but I remember like. No, I can't go get this dental cleaning. Of course I'm not going to do that. I'm not even in pain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? And now I'm like, I don't need to go get this preventative care because I'm not actively in pain from right. it. And now I go and I'm like, how much do I owe you? And they're like, oh, nothing. You know, or whatever. It's like, oh, it's $5 or $10. Or I go pick up prescriptions and it's like 44 cents. <laughs> right. You know? Just put a quarter in the gum the gum machine there and we'll take that. Yeah. And, um... And I mean, and like, it's, it's, the thing is, is that we are paying for it because it comes out of Allison's paycheck yes. and all that sort of stuff. Like it's not, but it's not it, free. Right. It's not like free. it should be. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's not, um, yeah. And so, but it is, uh, it's just like, cause I just remember those like barriers that I, I had, I like remember getting like dental work done at the fucking dental college. Yeah. 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 You know, like you're ever, letting like the students. Yes. Like <laughs> okay, Mr. Wooten, I don't know if this is... Can you open your other mouth? What? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. 
Do you ever? Do you ever have to do that? You ever do like that shit? Um, I didn't actually. I think I was. Whenever I had my last hernia, I think I was. Initially... <laughs> well, you definitely shouldn't show up to the dental college mm-hmm. for yeah, that. That was the wrong place. I, they, they turned me away for some reason. <laughs> but I think I was going to initially go down to like UTMB mm-hmm. in uh, uh, Galveston and get it done. But I ended up not doing that for some reason. And that would have been their like surgery I college. I see. And that's what that would have been. So I don't think I've actually had to do that though. Uh, but I mean, it was a wild experience. I'll yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was when I was teaching at this school, this uh, private high school that was kind of a racket, but, you know, there were good kids there. Um, and, uh, but they, uh, but like the, the social studies teacher's husband was in dental college. And he, because apparently having a student, having someone to do your final exam on basically is really, really, it's a big deal. Because oh they have to, because people don't show up, and if if you don't, you know, if you don't have someone to do this stuff on, you know what I mean. So, so yeah, so he was like working. He was like, okay, ask your dentist to do this, or you know, and like, can you get your dentist to do this before we do this, or hold off on, you know? And it was this whole like logistics thing that went on for weeks, right. and then he picks me up. He take, you know what I mean? Like it was this whole like. You're gonna be there, right? You know, <laughs> right? And and it it would, dude. It was just hours and hours and hours because of like uh, waiting primarily. So they put the like, I don't. They do it like when you have like. I've a, had a lot of dental work done. Okay, I forget what it's called, but it feels like a. What the fuck is it called? When they like they pry your mouth open and then they put like the stuff around your teeth to keep it dry to keep the gauze area not gauze but it's it's almost like a like a like a latex glove texture. Oh sure, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. it has a name. It, it's like they cut open a latex glove and put it around your mouth and then sort of in your mouth. Yeah, and like yeah. around your teeth yes. and whatnot, you know, to like keep the sockets dry or whatever, you know. I guess I've never had them go that far. They usually just come in there with like the suction thing. Okay, well, and that's usually enough. So I, I guess so. Mouth's open. This stuff's around. So you, you have this <laughs> this maddening like Hellraiser mouth. Yeah, yeah, basically stretchy it, shit around. And he it. would like do a few steps and then hand me a card. And like, how am I doing? No, well, yes, but <laughs> like a grade. but not for me to fill out. For me to go and stand in line in the hallway and like no. do to do to do to do to do to like wait and sit down with his like professor or grader or whatever hand them the card oh no so that they know who they're grading and they look in there and be like okay tell them to keep going and then i go back and then he does the next step <laughs> and just back and forth and back and forth Whoa. Uh, so, so like i like i said i have had a lot of dental work done and one of the biggest takeaways that i have from that is once it's going I don't want to, I'm barely conscious. Like, give me the gas. Give me all that shit. Don't yeah. be up. Like, Novocaine, whatever you got to do. I don't want to move. And mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I move as little as possible. I do not want to have to get up and go anywhere to do anything other than wait. Yeah. That is fucked. Yeah. I, I start, I start like trying to take really deep breaths. I start trying to do math problems in my head. Just to, like, just pass just, the time. Yep. I just come up with two random numbers and like try to like add them together. Oh, these are prime. Are these a prime? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I, I just, just to like quell my, because I had a really traumatic wow. experience with a dentist when I was like twelve years old or whatever, and it's actually <laughs> sort of 
related to our our topic of the past bit. It's it's <laughs> one of the re- it's the reason I like would always skip that second to last track on the more things change, like the one that starts off with the drill, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you know, like I was getting like a filling done or something, and I wasn't numb all the way. And this is a this dude wasn't like a, a kid's dentist or or whatever. Nor, I don't I don't know what the situation was. Um, and I was I didn't do a good job advocating for myself. Right. Because um, there are times when something something happens when they just don't give you enough or they don't yeah. put it maybe in the right spot. I don't really know if that's totally a thing. Happens. But you got to be like, hey, dude, I can feel this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that yeah. absolutely can yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. Like now that I'm an adult, if I feel anything, I demonstrably <laughs> wince. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ah, you know, or you could feel that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Get, oh man, what's this little boop? Open up. You want to see what it's like? Give you another one. You know, oh, give you man. another one of those weird dentist shots. You know, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So he gets done. Like I was in so much pain, I was hallucinating. Okay, like I was seeing shit. I was seeing like patterns and stuff. Like I feel like I do that every time, but it's not from pain. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. And then like yeah. we get done, and he's like, you know, he like looks at me, and I I have like tears going down. He's like, wait, you could feel that? It's like, yeah. He's like, why didn't you say anything? I was like, this is this could be this could be a tagline for Richard's entire life. <laughs> I look at him and say, I thought it was supposed to hurt that much. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Or hurt that bad, or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. And it's like, oh, I yeah. just thought that was part of the process. Yeah, I thought, I, what do you mean? I, th- I, th- I thought I was supposed to cripple myself by, <laughs> by, by playing this instrument. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, wow. So it, yeah. So it, so that's, that's bad, man. That's rough. Yeah. So I just didn't go. I just avoided going to the dentist at all costs for like fifteen years, and then I had to go to the dentist all the time. <laughs> Same. Because that's how that shit goes. Big um, fucking scene. I, I really liked out and found a found a really really awesome dentist on the west side when I was living out there. So yeah, uh, cool. But but yeah, that 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 experience of being at the dental college was just was just uh, that's like, that's bonkers. Just, dude. I don't know walking around like fucking chatterbox from Hellraiser too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Was the was the like latex shit still over your mouth? Yeah, it was like eh. it was just eh. yeah, yeah. So just oh man, well, you know, I I don't I don't remember what I've no I just blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> it's like I just imagine like oh he's got to redo that one, <laughs> you yeah. know. Oh, I see you're here getting the thing. Oh, that one looks pretty good. That one looks. Oh, still working on that one, huh? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll see yeah, you in a minute. Yeah. Oh, um, you drooled on the card there a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was wacky. That's, that's bananas, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so doctors and shit. I remember, like, when I got, uh, I had a sty removed from my Oh, eye. yeah, like 30 minutes ago. Uh, like, like, on the way here. It was like two weeks ago. Well, I mean, maybe it could have been. I don't know. I forget. Uh, but uh, I was like, so you're going to do one, and then I have to, like, come back to do the other one? And they were like, well, yeah, because you're going to have, like, an eye patch on, when, and you can't have... <laughs> Can't have two both <laughs> patches like the arms are there, you know. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, sir. Um, but uh, when when he uh gave me a little shot of lidocaine, oh, okay, uh, to, to numb the area here, uh, and it went like in this sort of 
the little fatty area right here, you know, the okay. little puffy area. And he was like, he said it a few times beforehand. Like as he was going through all the steps, he was gonna take. Once we got to the thing, he was like, "All right, I'm gonna give you a little shot of numbing. It's gonna sting. Don't worry, it's gonna sting." And he like he kept coming back to that. I was like, "Okay, well, it's can't be that bad. I've had a billion shots like in my mouth because dentist stuff, right? You know, whatever, never a problem." And he was like, "All right, here we go." And he's like, "And it just felt like oh, I was like, oh shit, just winching. It was like actually pretty bad." And he oh was my like, god. He was like, "Yep, yeah, I know, man. It sucks. It sucks. Hold on." <sighs> So it's way worse than I expected it to be, but man, going back for the next one, two weeks. Oh, that's exciting! <laughs> Can't wait. I uh, I sometimes I've almost passed out from like when people draw my blood. Damn. Um, not because like needles freak me out or whatever, but just because like I don't know, I just like tense up, and I don't realize I'm tensing oh, up. So you know, <laughs> like I just kind of like forget to breathe. Right. Almost. You know. Like, like you don't want to move, lest they like move the needle around or something. Like I'm that. not. It's not. I'm just. That's nothing conscious. Nothing conscious. It's yeah, nothing gotcha. conscious. Like okay. I'm just like, all right, just be still and just breathe. Is what I think, and then like my body goes, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Thirty minutes later, <laughs> like I had this like really weird, like I don't know. There was something that like Allison was. I don't. I don't know if she was. I don't know if she was. What was she doing? I don't know. But like I almost passed out in the kitchen. You oh, know. that she was doing to you. Yeah, yeah, I like see. here. I, I don't. I, I had this like really weird bite or this like really in, weird infection here, like on my wrist years and years ago. And I think she tried to drain it, which was the wrong move. Um, but yeah, like I, I almost passed out because I was just like trying to like, okay, let's get through this. Right. It's more like the thing you're just like trying to steal yourself to just wait it out right because you know the shit's coming and you don't want to have to deal with it any longer than you have to so like just go just get it over with yeah let's do it uh, yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not you know so it's, it's kind of it's, it's a silly 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 situation the weird thing that i have when i get blood drawn is it never really affects me i don't think but i always get the sensation of just something leaving my body <laughs> Like, okay. it always, it always seems the sense I get is always that it's way more than it is, you know? Oh, okay. But I don't feel it or anything. It's just a weird oh, mental thing. Or like some, like if you see it and like someone who like when they like get it like really in there and they just like flick the thing and it goes, <laughs> you know, like the thing like fills up instantly and you're yeah, like, yeah. whoa, like, okay, we just need to get two more. Do you? <laughs> that wasn't enough. Like, oh, vampire. I'm not really worried about the amount. I'm worried about the rate. Yeah. That, that, that Am was... I replenishing this fast enough? I don't know. So, jeez. Yeah, I remember they. Whenever I got committed, whenever I got put in the mental hospital, they they like took my like three days in a row. I feel like sorry, my pants are dragging on this thing down here. Um, it felt like three days in a row. I was just having a lot of blood drawn, and because at each, they like shuffle you from. To a few institutions is is usually how it works. Okay. Um, like I got picked up. This was in like 2008. Um, I got picked up in Liberty, and the way that that works is they they actually uh, issue an arrest warrant for you. Oh wow! So I'm like in the back of a cop car, like you know, a, a van or whatever. Right. And they take me to Kingwood, to a facility there, and then I was th and so they do all all the stuff there, and then like a day later transfer they, you they they transfer me up to rusk and then they do it all again up there oh, man you know it was... <laughs> on top on top of everything else enjoy this shit 
it was, it was so bizarre. It's so bizarre. So stupid. Um, Yeesh. So, but, but yeah, just it was like you know, and they just come grab you, and they're just like, all right, we're gonna go do this. Like, oh, okay. Oh, what am I gonna say? <laughs> if I say if I say no too hard, you're, I'm just you're gonna just keep me here longer because I'm crazy. If I say yes too, that's the weird thing. Like that's the main thing I can kind of <clears throat> being in a state-run mental hospital for low level. If you're mostly functional, it's it's a test more than it is anything. You're not really getting help, but it, it's a test. Is is you know because. Okay. Because what you end up training yourself to do, like I saw crazy shit, and I, you just train yourself to just not react mm, mm-hmm. because you don't, you don't want to get too happy, you don't want to get too upset, you don't want to get right. too emotional, you don't want any, you don't want to get too anything, right? Because you don't want on your once a week evaluation where you go and you sit at a table you sit at like the foot of a table and there's you know like nurses and 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 like uh like therapy like psychologists or social workers um psychiatrists nps and like the lead you know what i mean like there's just all like these watching people your every move just you know and they're like so what kind of appointment of employment are you gonna have when you get you know what i mean like just you don't want them to be like, so we see here on Wednesday that you got particularly upset at something that James said to you. Would you like to tell us about that? You don't want to be in that. Well, well I think we're going to take, keep you just an extra week. Like that's, you don't. Yeah. So yeah. you see people start like trying to kill each other in front of you and you're like, hmm, you know, some crazy bitch snuck into my room in the middle of the night. Have I told you this story? I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> I already think I'm crazy. And I look up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I look up and there's like this. It's a silhouette, right? Because the lights are off except for the hallway lights. It's a silhouette of like this woman with like long hair. You know, it looks like it's dirty. Like it's wet. Right. Like, you know, like she was in the rain or something. Um, and then she like walks in just walks slowly into my room like floats in and there's a mirror at the foot of my bed and then she stands like in front of the mirror you know and starts doing this like i'm right here jesus christ i'm laying down right here okay i've never seen this person before she's not like one of the normal people right but she had a reflection i i couldn't see that oh god (laughs) because because this is my bed like here and and the mirror is at the foot of the bed facing like perpendicular right and so since she's standing in front of the mirror and she's like running her fingers through her hair i don't know how long this went on it might have been like 10 seconds it might have been 10 minutes felt like 10 years it might have been 30 i don't know (laughs) and then she turns around and just kind of floats on out you know um and i was like well not gonna tell anyone about that yeah I'm not going to get too worked up, I guess. And then the next morning, I see like, oh, you were, you're, you're, you're some crazy, weird, weird gypsy lady that was admitted here in the middle of the night. Okay. Oh. Rock on. <laughs> just wrong right. room. Nice to meet you. Sorry. No, she's just walking around. She, they put her in her room and she was like, fuck this. I'm going to go walk around because they won't, you can't like lock the door because they don't want you to like kill your roommate. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Or assault your roommate or whatever. But that just means you can just walk up and down the hall and 
get other people, I guess. Oh. Yeah, there's not a great solution to that, I don't think. Yeah. I will say this, though. I didn't meet any – there there weren't any – it's just a weird institution. Like, I didn't, I didn't run into any – like, there was no one there that treated me poorly, mm. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there was no, like, oh, mean nurses and shitty orderlies and shit like that. Yeah, the uh... – never mind. I was going to make a stupid reference, but I can't remember what it is. Anyway, I, I get you. Yeah, like, it's – yeah, it's good. Good people doing the best they could with that weird right. job they had, at you know in Rust, Texas. Right. You know what I mean. But the funny one is in Rust. It's right next to a prison. <laughs> Someone first things they tell you when you get there's like, all right, don't run. Oh fuck yeah! Because they'll think because they'll shoot you. They'll think you're. They'll think you broke free from the prison and they'll shoot you. So don't don't run. Uh, Boy, banana sandwiches. Well, I wonder if they did that on purpose as an extra measure of deterrent i don't know <clears throat> i don't know it whatever <laughs> uh, yeah you know it's, it's just a, it's just a funny it's just a funny thing it's it's, it's a thing i don't know dude so, yeah do you have anything else you want to you want to throw out uh i don't think so I guess, like, yeah, the, the the preambles can get get shorter whenever we don't wait three weeks. Yes. In between. Exactly. So you know, I mean, barring barring the obvious, just uh, further misadventures of American politics driving us <clears throat> into the ground, but you know. Yes, and that I. Uh, yeah, all that's terrible and shitty. And, it is. And uh, it can, continues to be terrible and shitty. And it'll continue to be terrible and shitty until uh, they come and arrest us. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? Um, <laughs> I guess so. I don't, uh, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Um, or until we secede. <sighs> I don't want to hang out with the people who are fucking running Texas. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I don't want to go to Abbott's parties on Friday night. <laughs> I really I, I don't, I don't even like the ones on Saturday night. I definitely don't want to do that. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything, like, I don't know that I have anything constructive to say. I mean, there's, I mean, how, how, how can you be constructive whenever the Supreme Court seems to be actively destroying? <laughs> um, there's not really... <clears throat> anything positive to say you know yeah I, I did think i did end up thinking quite a bit about the things that we talked about after we stopped recording <clears throat> and just sort of thinking about like sort of this how and i how something like facebook has even aside from their policies okay and the way that they the way that the algorithm cheats treat you know treats con treats content and what it pushes and how it pushes for engagement and how it doesn't do anything to mitigate groups and how it you know <clears throat> rolls out the platform into areas where they don't even have the the terms like the user agreement terms in the language for where they're putting it and you know and how it allows for people to do terrible things and all that sort of stuff even aside from all that just thinking about how it affects me personally mm -hmm. right and like that idea that like there's people that i've never gotten along with 
and would have never really, really gotten along with if I had to spend an extended amount of period of time with them. In real life. In real life. In person. In real life. Like, I'm totally fine. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, I'm playing drums at your church. And yeah, and I can... Yeah, man, we're playing music together. It's cool. Oh, cool. We're hanging out. We're having lunch together. All right, cool, man. All right, see you later. And that's and I can play nice. I can let weird things slide, you know, or we don't have to get too in-depth on anything. It's all good. <clears throat> um, Or someone you go to high school with or whatever. And it's like, but the nature of Facebook... And the way you're interacting, you it's almost like it's almost like you're locked in a room. Locked is a strong word, but it's like you're like stuck in a room having to have a being almost being forced to have a conversation with someone that you would never you would never do this stuff in real life. If you saw them in real life, you'd be like, Hey man, I haven't seen you in fifteen years, dude. How are you doing? Nice to see you. Oh, how are the kids? I don't know. Okay, cool. But yeah, man, yeah, dude, next time you're in town, man, hit me up, man. Here's my number. Blah, 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 blah. All right, see ya. And then you never talk to that person again. Right. <clears throat> It'd be fine. Yeah, in, in real life interactions, there's that built in break time where you go live the rest of your life. Yeah. Whereas on on social media, it's just there forever. If right. you if you want to be there. Right. If you have the energy to be angry or or whatever emotion you're feeling, just anger tends to be the one of the primary driving forces behind that sort of thing. Right, and and now that the the culture war and everything has like gotten so escalated, like I can't even, I, I feel like I can barely express thoughts <laughs> that I have that I legit like that's a legitimate thought, legitimate feeling I have, and it's like oh well, you know, some friend of yours from high school's stepbrother's wife has a problem with this but you hung out with him once and, and it was cool so and and the thing is i don't know i'm spinning my wheels a little bit but it's just the fact that <clears throat> this is a better example the people that i played in church with that i did church gigs with they never needed to know that um they never needed to know that i didn't believe in god and that I thought that their institution was inherently toxic. I still thought that at the time, I still thought that what they were doing was a net good. And I had friends there and they needed a drummer. So sure. I'm happy to be there because I think music is important. I think music is sacred. And if people are finding a positive meaning, I'm not going to shit on people doing good things. You know, whether those are the good things that I want to do, if it means something good to you, fine. Oh, cool. And I love doing music. I'm happy to help. Boom. Right. <clears throat> and so... But, like, this way that things have escalated, <clears throat> you know, domestically and whatnot, it makes it to where, like, now that person has to know that I don't believe in God. And that's going to really upset them. And so, you know, where it's like, yeah, you just, we just shouldn't be that close. You know, we just shouldn't be that close. Yeah, there's no, I mean, specifically like on Facebook, there's, you're somebody's friend or you're, or you're not. Right. It's a, it's a very, um, like it is a binary decision, but it's more like you're either in this group where you see everything that I do or you're not. Right. And you kind of can't really do much about that. Like it's, it's a really limiting, it's a really, uh, it's not how people interact. Right. Or have traditionally interacted. Because you're not the same. 
around around everyone you know. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's almost You don't share everything. <clears throat> with right, you don't. Everyone. Right. You just don't. And and for the longest time, that put me in this position where I just didn't share anything because I I was like, well, I need these gigs. I need this job. So I can't let anyone know what I actually think about anything. Um, and Oh, I thought you meant just on Facebook, but yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, right. Like, um, and so... So, you know, it's, it's, but yeah, like you're not supposed, and then it, I don't know, I just sort of thinking about like, <clears throat> if you don't know, like if you're, un- if you're crazy racist uncle that we all have, I don't, do you, do you have one? None of the ones I can think what of. What the fuck, dude? There's, there's one somewhere. You're the weirdest person I know. Yeah, Everyone I has know. a racist, a weird racist uncle. Oh, my uncles are pretty cool. <sighs> I guess so. Luckily. Well, your dad's pretty cool, so. <laughs> Um, but, but it's like, if your racist uncle never like took you to the side and told you all the crazy racist shit, then you, you, you wouldn't know. And you just think he's just your, your cool uncle, you know? But if you're friends with them on Facebook, you're going to know all that. You're going to know the craziest shit that he thinks. Yeah. And that's. I mean, another big thing is you're going to see all of the, all of the opinions that they enjoy consuming. Right. Or experiencing that they maybe can't articulate themselves or don't have the, <clears throat> you know. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like it creates like this escalation, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, and I guess like the problem is that me existing and having views that are different from theirs triggers them. Like that escalates them, you know. And so it's it's like, I don't know, man. I, I haven't, I haven't like believed, I haven't. I haven't faithfully believed in God and fucking how old am I? 38. So what? Like 38 years? No, uh, <laughs> like, like 30 years. I mean, it was, I was young when I, when I was done with that stuff, you know? And it's, yeah, and yeah. it's like, but so I don't know, man, I, I don't really have my thoughts organized on this. It's just, yeah, just, I don't want to just spin my wheels, but it's, I don't know. And it, it, it just bugs me. And it, and it, because, I, I <laughs> because I want to be like, I thought this at this time, <clears throat> this, this minority group, and I ignored this minority group. They were right. <laughs> I feel differently now. I want to be able to say that uh-huh. um, without losing friends. <laughs> but I can't. I can't, I can't say that without losing friends. And maybe I've just been like so adjacent to just so many, like just toxic ass spaces between like the people I've played music with in different scenarios, between like the martial arts communities. I've been, I don't know, man. It's just, I, maybe I just know a lot of real. I mean, I feel like a lot of people do. I feel like that's, those people are everywhere. Right. But you don't always experience them in that way and vice versa. Right. Right, like I almost want to want to tell you some of the crazy, cause like it's like when you it's like when you come home to your partner or whatever, and you're like, you fucking never believe what this motherfucker talked about today, and they're like, yeah, I mean that's ridiculous, and you're like, well, I'll only have to see him once a month anyway. Right. And so you can deal with that. Right. Yeah. 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 Like someone was telling me about like yeah, like 
And I was thinking that, like, man, wouldn't that remember when that was like just nice when just once in a while you'd run to that crazy dude? <laughs> just that one crazy dude you knew. Yeah. Who sometimes they show up on your doorstep. Who just like keeps writing the same song over and over again and keeps trying to play the same different people to play the really just the same <laughs> song. It's all the same idea, just over and over again, you know? And then he has all these ideas about what he wants to be and all this sort of stuff. Don't you man, wow. And then he's gone for six months. And then you're like, hey. <laughs> I remember when you were doing that. You still doing the crazy stuff? All right, man. Oh, cool, have, man. Do you. Enjoy. Don't hurt anybody, but have fun. Right. And then like, now, you know, and then now now you know. Now now you know. He's like, <sighs> he's like, well, you won't need an abortion if you weren't such a fucking slut. Yeah, I was going to say. Now you I, know. Yeah. And now, now you know that about him. So yeah. just, just, I. Fuck, fuck it. I don't even care. Um, <laughs> That's so, where we're at. So this is some bullshit that ended up in my in my DMs from someone who used to be a friend of mine. Okay. Um, I just I just kind of want. <clears throat> Truth is, and I'll, this is after a long exchange. This is you? No, this is not me. This okay. is what someone said to me. Okay. Um, Truth is, and I'll leave it at this. You're a soy boy and a coward. You treat people horribly, but then manipulate others so you maintain your elitist, virtuous self-posturing. Um, yeah. And then, and then I'm a cuck. Also call me a cuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And all those types of things. I mean, you already hit soy boy, so we may as well go down the you list. You might as well say that, yeah. Um, Bust out the dictionary. And it was... And, and like... This is... This is it's just a wacky time, man. It's a wacky time. Yeah. I mean, you're saying you don't, you don't have your thoughts fully formed. Like, I've been, this is stuff that I think about all the time. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty fucking online. Like, I'm online a lot. Right. Uh, not right. just for my job, but, but for. But you don't like, I feel like, I feel like you're online in a healthy way. Eh, debatable. Uh, I just stay away from the shittiest areas and don't engage with them in the ways that make you feel terrible. Which is for better and worse, I think. Disciplined. In yeah, the way that you're uh, yes, we'll go with that. Uh, so I experience a lot of that stuff, but like, um, shit, I've lost my train of thought. Well, you don't like poke your head out, is how it sort of feels, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're like, you see these things happening, and it's always been sort of my read on it. Yeah, I, I feel like by and large, I don't have there aren't many people in my life that I feel like need my input on a lot of those sorts of things. Uh, and the ones that do, I'll, we will talk, and uh -huh. that's fine. But fucking, you know, Joe from high school that I never see, you know, every five years. But they, he isn't, like, you know what I mean? Right. You know, pe random people on Twitter don't need to know what I, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that... I, I, I've never, I've just never had that inclination to, to put, you can say it's, on the one hand, you can say I'm just not putting myself out there for whatever reason, mm -hmm. maybe I'm scared to do it. Maybe I don't have a good no, opinion. That's not what I would it, say. <laughs> I, I just, I, so one could say that, right? But I would just say that I just don't feel the need to, to do that with everything. Um, uh, that's healthy. <laughs> um, no, on the one hand, I I feel bad because it is important to stand up for the things that you feel should be talked about. Right. So th there is that aspect to it, which I. I <clears throat> Is regrettable to me, right. but and that was what escalated to the deterioration of one of these friendships was because 
basically some you know me me putting my foot down and being like no it's okay for like basically no you're stay out of this one you're a hypocrite <laughs> um it's okay for people to be mad about this mm-hmm. and that that's a thing that that i think about is like that that, yeah. that 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 people are trying to go around and diminish what yeah. people are allowed to be angry about. Um, oh, you're not really angry about this. This is this is just the Dems. This is, you know, this is just the Dems. And then they point to like, see, here's the thing where the Democratic Party did a bad thing. So I ain't fucking talking about the Democratic Party. I'm talking about people. <laughs> and I'm talking about a, someone that this affects more than it affects me. And this is how they feel. Yeah. And that apparently triggers the shit out of you, you know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, it, 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 fuck. I don't know. It, yeah, no. it worries me. It's bullshit. And then it's like it's not even like a gotcha anymore. It's just sort of be like, oh yeah, you're a hypocrite. You're full of shit. You say, oh, oh, blah blah blah. They shouldn't be angry. It's like, dude, we're we're watching hearings right now about what conservative people do when they're angry. And you're saying this woman shouldn't send out a tweet whenever it says that she ha- she's man that's federally mandated to have forced birth, and and her ang- her anger is not justified. Her anger is not righteous. But if you're a fucking white dude that's mad that Trump didn't get reelected, that anger is justified so much that you can storm the Capitol and kill a police officer with your fucking hands because they did, you know, like. <laughs> Who's allowed to be angry, right? Yeah, and yeah, and that that has just that has become a whole issue unto itself. Yeah, if you don't want to listen to this, check this timestamps. <laughs> you know what the fuck we do here. <clears throat> um, yeah, and I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean, like so, like you said, after we talked last time, after we were done recording, you know my stance on that. It's like fuck those people. And I and I I got, and I got no problem with that. I don't know what the fuck happened to me. Like whenever, I don't know when it happened. What like what switch flipped at some some point? Where where I, I felt like it was my job to get along with everyone. Cause I didn't feel like that in high school. Right, 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 right. Like and I, you know what I mean. And and I didn't. You know, I don't. I don't really know. Like, um, I don't know. Because I, I felt like my my like like my twenties were sort of me making myself vulnerable to like and like okay man well church isn't bad in the way that I thought it was okay cool these people are right man they're doing their you know like these are just like this isn't about separation and people being less than and hatred this is about people trying to be better husbands and fathers and and so I just like. I just kept trying to like, oh yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't know, I don't know. So keep an open mind about that sort of thing, right? As much as, much as you know, you can, and always give people the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Always give people compassion. Always, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And the thing that a, a decent person would do, a, a person who actually cares, <laughs> right? Yeah, right, 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 right. And always like sort of like, okay, well, where are they coming from? And and always like, well, yeah, they say those fucked up things, but they also do this, and this is, a, I think, this is a net good, and blah 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 blah. You know, um, I mean, you can you can reason about that, right? You know, there's you can, you can look at you can look at where maybe they're coming from on some things, right? And like this is the thing too is it's all these people 
that I'm catching all this shit from. I didn't seek these motherfuckers out. Like, they just sent me a friend request I just didn't deny at some point in the past 10 years. Right, 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 right. That's what I was, yeah. You know? That's what I was getting at earlier. If there was, like, an acquaintance level, you, you know, know? like, I don't, I, I wasn't, like, going through there and been like, oh, yeah, man. I haven't seen that guy since seventh grade when he quit football. Ad. Like, no, man. Like, it's like, if, if we went to high school together and we didn't talk... Like and and if I and if I like remember talking to you my freshman year and I don't remember talking to you my senior year, then pro- probably we shouldn't be friends. <laughs> and that's okay. It doesn't mean we're yeah. better than each other. It's just like you know, just you're over there. I'm like, that's yeah. fine. Doesn't mean it's I hate you. Fine. Exactly. I just don't know you. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 it just we shouldn't be in that space where yeah. where you're where you know like where you know exactly what line of Kenobi I thought was awesome. Or you thought, you know, or like, we, I don't need to share that with you. That's not for you, you know? That's for my wife. That's my wife's information only. Right, that's my, that's like, if I'm like, see that, that's, see how they took that and that really tied into this? You see that choreography right there? That, that mirrors this choreography, you know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that ain't for you. That's personal. I don't even, I, fuck you, man. You don't need to know my thoughts on Darth Vader showing back up. Yeah. Fuck that. You know, I don't, I don't know. And, I, and it's like the thing, is, I don't know if I had to like say, I don't, whatever. I don't know what the healthy way to do it is, but I know that it hasn't been done. It ain't this. I haven't done it. It hasn't been done. Um, this system that we have, um, not just our, not just the, the way that we interact on social media, you know, and this like kind of marketplace of ideas turns out, marketplace free market this blah 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 blah. that's probably a good idea to figure out like i don't know like what's the most comfortable pair of shoes or something um but it's a terrible way to figure out what ideas are good so um yeah it it turns out that isn't applicable to every aspect of modern life <laughs> right yeah it, yeah it turns out free market capitalism is not a shouldn't be a religion yeah turn <laughs> turns out yeah um because yeah. like this idea of that well i'm just gonna click i'm gonna keep clicking on ideologies and scrolling through things and scrolling through influences until i find the one that makes me feel the best like that's not learning that's not science that's not well what actually works what actually doesn't blah 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 and then you you know, you end up getting stuck down a rabbit hole of like some neurotic dude who's figured out how to make his own life work and extrapolates that out. And like, this is how all lives should work. You know, that yeah. galaxy brain connected bullshit. Or, or you just you just do the scrolling and the clicking long enough to where you just don't feel anything after a while. And then the minute you do, no matter what it is, no matter how terrible it is, you go, oh, shit, I felt something there. That's what I want. I haven't thought about it like that. That's that's. I'm pretty sure that's part of it, but so, but it takes but, it takes all kinds actually. Well, turns out, but the way that we interact socially online and the way that that creates political movements and the way that we interact with our governments, it our government specifically, um, it's been made very clear the past two years, you know, or whatever that that is woefully inept at solving actual problems. And, and I don't think it's going to get better um, at solving those problems. Um, 
and uh, nah, I wish I could backtrack that. Like I don't I don't want to say it because that sounds that sounds too that sounds like I I think I know more than I think I know. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I well, you can go back to where it was like what we have now, ain't it? Yeah, I, I think is a good yeah. Way to... It it's clearly not working, right? It's because you shouldn't like the the way like what shifts the needle on how people handle a pandemic shouldn't be what it shouldn't be what a single person who has no qualifications says. Yeah. Right. Like it just. It just should, you know. That's where I'm coming from. And and that and that's how it is. That that's that's what happened. It's like, oh, he didn't even he didn't even get the popular vote. He has no qualif. Okay, fine. He's a shitty businessman. There's lots of if you care about businessmen, there's lots of better businessmen. Um, whatever. And if he would have said on the front end, "Hey, wear masks," <clears throat> more people would have worn masks and taken it seriously. You know what I mean? And less people would have died. Yeah. Um. But I'm not an expert at anything but being arrogant. Yeah. There but, you go. Uh, the the number of times I mentioned last time that I've been watching these January sixth hearings. Yeah. The number of times that they just reference a tweet is, is fucking mind boggling because they just have to talk about that shit in a in a congressional hearing about a supposed insurrection, <laughs> just like, like a coup attempt, and. Um, it's been, it's been wild to watch that stuff, dude. It's on, on the one hand, it's been incredibly impressively modernized in a weird way. Mm-hmm. They've done a great job at like actually presenting things in a, like an unfolding story okay. format across the many different hearings. Yeah. And they're going to be doing this for like months. Um, so I think it's been pretty effective. All things considered who is watching it is maybe the, another question, but Probably not the people who should be watching it, right? Um, uh, but it's 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 been pretty wild. Uh, it's it's just strangely uh, of our time. It's so like painfully of our time in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I I applaud you having the bandwidth <laughs> to to engage with it. Yeah, um, it's yeah, yeah, and it you know, and it I do sort of find you know. Because I don't want to just engage in that. Like, that's the thing. That's the thing that, like, really, if I have a moment of stillness and it really, like, bothers me, like, if, or if I have, like, a like some deep self-doubt and reflection, is it's, like, am I just engaged? Like, do, you know, it, it's, like, the, it's, like, are, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> I guess, like, I basically worry that I'm doing the thing that people are, that people accuse liberals are doing and that's like oh man you're just chasing spectacle and outrage and this or like you know what i mean and it's like and then you have to stop and you have to remind yourself like no 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 like things are actually happening <laughs> um things are actually happening they're actually bad just because the you know we've been the frog in the in the boiling pot you know yeah um because the, i mean the, sh- the point that keeps coming up during all these hearings from watching reactions online especially, but just also in my own mind, is like, dude, if this was Watergate, this would have been over fucking years ago. Right. This is, this is, for so long, we've been so far beyond the pale. Right. That it, it, nothing makes, there's no frame of reference anymore. Right. Because whenever, (laughs) how stupid this shit is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, dude, you can't, yeah. I mean, when you can't, when you can't, 
when you can't agree on what's real and what are facts and what aren't facts, I mean, the speed of light is fucking variable from your reference frame. Okay? No, somebody disagrees. Like, in... Somebody disagrees and they'll let you know and they'll get people to agree with you. Like, but even just like in the laws of physics, like, it, you know what I mean? Like, velo- you know, like velocities are variable from, you know what I mean? Well, the speed of light isn't, but whatever. It's not, you, you understand what I'm saying. Um, like, you have to have an agreed upon reference frame. And, and if, and if you, and whenever we can't do that as a society with each other. <clears throat> That's actually what it looks like when things start breaking down. <laughs> you know, and I don't know where those, you know, and it's like, I don't know what, how long, like, what's that breakdown? It fucks me up to think about it as a parent of like, what am I? Like, do I need to start training him to shoot a gun? Do I need to start training him to garden? Do I need to start training him how to move to another country? Like, do I need to, do we need to learn a new language? What, you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, or it's like, or, you know, or, or is this, is it overreacting? Yeah. Or do we just need to go to a different state and, or, or, or is this going to be, or is it going to be okay? Right. Is it going to somehow be okay? Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it is, but you know, and so, yeah. It, yeah, I don't know, man. It, I don't know. I feel like I gotta stop. I won't. At some point, I'll get to where I just unapologetically talk about this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I want to talk about it in this platform because I think it's, I think it's, I think it's responsible to let people know what you think and what you care about, yep. even if that's not the priority of your show. Yeah. Or the priority of what you're doing, you know? Um, and yeah, I know that that would like, I know that it would be a lot easier for me to find an audience if I didn't do any of that shit. And I just did, if I just like, you know, we had like the same camera angle and the same this or in the same this. And we just like, all right, machine head retrospective, blah. Like, I know that that would be so much easier to get to find people, but uh, maybe that's. That's I don't know. Not... Whenever I go looking for stuff, I it, it, when I just come across like let's talk about a thing, sort of inconsequential. I was like, eh, I, I just saw that like ten more times. I want something that's gonna. I would find this more interesting. I guess is what I'm saying, which is one of the reasons I don't have a problem. Well, I, I appreciate. So, uh, hopefully, there are people who feel the same way. I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know, man. I just like have somehow with this particular. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it is. I've just been like, I, I get so like anxious, like whenever I talk about things like this in some, in a weird way, like, it, and, it, and it ends up channeling into anger. Like that's the only way I can like navigate it is if I get like angry about it, then I can kind of like, all right. It's kind of like the thing earlier where you just like brace yourself for the medical procedure. <laughs> you just fucking anger your way through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Let me rage my way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so um i don't know but i i'll end it here um because i was talking about playing in churches and all that sort of stuff now i don't play in churches anymore um they call me i say no because uh they still call you yeah i still get calls you know um and and i say no because i do not want to be a part of those institutions um the, the ones that I was playing with. 
I'm not saying all churches are bad or all churches are equally bad or whatever, but you know, like the some of the ones that I was a part of, definitely creating safe space for, you know, like theocracy, Christian fascism. Like, mm. all, I guarantee you, the majority of those congregations had a real good Sunday this past Sunday. Like hat, like the most of the people there were were happy, right? Um, and so, and that's the thing, man. They don't actually care, and they don't even care about the members of their congregation, right? Because the members of their congregation get into trouble, and that trouble hurts the optics of the church. They will throw you the fuck away. They don't. They don't have your back. Like mm. it's all about power, um, right? And so. Uh, I don't know. I'm hypercritical of that stuff because I'm hypercritical of things that I fell for. And I fell for that shit at one point. You know, it was a few years where I considered myself a Christian. I tried really hard, mm -hmm. you know, to, to be that, and, um, you know, but no, man, it's all, it's all about, it's like the, those things are all about, <clears throat> if it could be, they could absolutely have their way. It's about like white, male supremacy but they'll settle for male supremacy mm. you know but it's like it <clears throat> it ain't about it ain't about it ain't about love it ain't about you know it's yeah it's patriarchy it's patriarchy with a you know i don't know like they try to just they, it's it they try to like this is the ultimate patriarchy like Jesus is the king of kings, right? You know, and anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> fuck all those people. Fuck all of them for not understanding that they don't actually care about what the things that they say they care about, that all they really care about is power. And I'm sure that some of them, you know, I'm sure that some people are just doing the best with the tools that they have. Um, But <clears throat> if all your tools are doing is hurting other people, then you fucking stop using them. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. You know. Yeah. So, and if you don't see the harm that they're causing, then, I don't know, man, fuck you. I'll tell you. Or if you won't listen to people when they tell you, hey, this that is it's hurting. Harm. Right. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Pay your taxes. Fuck you. Um... But yeah. So anyway, or, or prepare to get federally funded. Uh, you know, <laughs> however it goes. You know. Right. Right. Like. <clears throat> yeah. I, my mind goes to real. When I saw that, my mind started going to real dark places that I'm not gonna throw out here right okay. now. Um, Save that for next time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll well reread reread some Octavia Butler and we'll 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 go we'll go hard. Um. Okay, man. So let's 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 get fun now. We'll so, uh, it's June thirtieth. Machine head rolls on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, man. We, we and these are long. These are these are uh, these are pretty long albums. Yeah, we 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 do what we do, and we don't do it in any way that makes necessary sense. But we do it. Um. <laughs> Okay, cool. So before we start talking about the albums, I wanted to kind of riff on new metal a little more. Okay. 
Um, the first thing I wanted to correct is that, and I is that the joke should have been when I talked about like, well, what killed new metal, you know? And I said like, if you've had to say it, boil it down, and you know, Slipknot and Eminem, right? Right. Um, because once you've heard, you know, once you've heard like, when I may show, I don't remember what I said, but the, what the joke should have been was. You know, once I heard, show me what you want. I'm not going to go back to bar with a bar. Like, that's what the joke should have been. Mm, yeah. Not whatever I yep. put in there. Um, <laughs> Just go edit. You got plenty of time to edit. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go to the doctor again. If I spend oh, that shit. Time <laughs> doing that. Um, but I, I sort of did did think of like another another factor in that, which is sort of once you know, basically the internet, right? And then once you are able to explore all the music and you're able to, you know, go and scroll through e-music and download all these albums, even if it takes you a day <laughs> or whatever. And it would sometimes. That's still more, that's still access to 10 times, for some people, 100 times more music than you were getting to access by, for us, like driving an hour to a mall, yeah. throwing down $40 and walking away with two CDs that you've never heard before, right? Totally. Um, because you read a review about them. So so you, you needed to know how to hack that system, though, because what Best Buy did for a while, if you remember this, mm -hmm. you could go in there at the Best Buy and Humble anyway. You walk in there and there was like the first aisle, the first side of the first aisle had all the new shit on or the shit on sale. Yeah. That's what it was. But a lot of times they would put new things on sale. So like CD would normally be like 17 bucks. It'd be like 10 bucks. Sure. And that's when you go stock up. For sure. You take a chance on shit you don't know about. And so I remember going, I mean, I would go there all the time. Got a lot of CDs that way. Mm -hmm. But I specifically remember going there with uh, Justin uh, Weinman mm -hmm. and a few, and maybe somebody else. Future friend of the pod. Mm, he'll be here eventually. And I, I, I want to talk to him about this album too. Is we went in there to get something. Maybe I was getting like, down with the sickness or something like that or the sickness i guess or the album name uh and he was like i want to get something too i don't know what i want to like i don't know any of the stuff though and i was like i've heard uh i've heard this one song uh, on the radio and it kind of sounds like ska maybe you'd like that because you you're kind of weird you know you're fucking weird at the time he was mm -hmm. a weird dude but he liked being weird so it was cool yeah 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 i was like you'll, you'll probably enjoy this shit it was system of a down oh. the song was sugar <laughs> and that was all i'd ever heard of them so it was like do -do 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 sugar do -do 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 -do. you know it's like that so I was like, it's kind of like Ska or something. You'll probably enjoy it. And he was like, all right, I'll grab this. And then he comes back to me like a week later. He was like, you motherfucker, this is like weird metal shit. This ain't no Ska. But he loved it. And he like, he got way into it. Oh, dude. And then he like got me way into it. <laughs> so I couldn't have like, I couldn't have possibly planned that better. We, some permutation of our high, of our band in high school. We had him audition on vocals. Do you remember this? Were you yeah. there for this? Uh -huh. All right. And he did like. Or at least one time, yeah. I think he did. It was to a system of down. It was Probably. a system of a down song, I think. And like he sang all the lyrics with no regard to tempo. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like all of it in like fifteen seconds. Like like the like. <laughs> oh boy. But but there was charm to it. I was like, man, you did something there. There's something here. Yeah. This is art. <laughs> This is yeah, definitely yeah. art. In some way, um, shape, or form. And then PJ's over there with the kazoo. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, all True. things that happen. Dr. Couch, he goes by Dr. Now. Couch, yeah, indeed. Um, Esteemed professional. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, 
you could you could get CDs for cheap at some point. But that was a big way to do it. And then the other thing was talking about specifically uh, Machine Head and mm-hmm. Roadrunner. What Roadrunner would do in the late 90s, early 2000s is they would put up uh, like select tracks just for download on their website. Right. So that was where I found uh, whatever Machine Head, whatever the song it was from The Burning Red that was at the time. Right. Uh, and then later on from Through the Ashes, they put up By the Bullet. Oh. And that was how I found that song. Oh, okay. Uh, so they did that for a while, and that was a really cool way to like to hear some. Here's a free track, right? right. Get, I had, get into this. I got I had so many like MP3s floating around because of that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, but there was even just that little bit that's not even close to what we have today with Spotify and whatnot, where just all the music to ever exist is a few clicks away. And exactly. Oh, I have never. I I don't know anything about this genre. Click, click, click. Oh, cool. Now I know the 10 most important songs of that genre. And I have, and I can kind of get a feel for what makes this unique and what makes it not other things. I can not only find out what the 10 most important songs of this genre are, I can go listen to them and I can read a full history on why they're so important. Right. <laughs> the people that made it, all this shit. Right. And, and in, in 2002, 2003, 2004, that shit still would have required. You would not have been able to find a lot of them. You would have had to find someone who thought enough to write a book about it. Right. Or, or a magazine or whatever. Right. 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 You, you were going to have to spend gas money to go and scour, you know, your city for, for media. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to have press books and look for leftover metal maniacs or something <laughs> right. shit like that. You exactly. Know? Um, I'll go to garage sales, you know. Oh, dude! Did you hear that? that? That that teenager down the street killed himself, and his mom's selling his stuff. Like that was going to be your best hope. <laughs> um, oh. No, dude. I, I think he read Metal Maniacs. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get there, and you're like, God damn it! It's Hit Parader. There's nothing in here. It's Tiger Beat. Um, I'll take him. So, so, but I, I think like so because of that, I think that um, interests in subgenres and whatnot started to get more specialized. Is is like the is the not, today not, you mean? I think it start, but I think it started then. And so, whereas in 1998, if you were like an edgy kid, we kind of all listened to the same shit. Um, you know, there, I mean, yeah, there were people who we went to school with who were like they made it their mission to get the most stupid underground bullshit. Yeah, I was one and of like, them, and it was hard work. There weren't there weren't a lot of it, like. You know, it wasn't easy. That's true, but there were people. I mean, I think you were finding pretty good stuff by and large, or some people were finding the worst stuff. <laughs> well, of course, sometimes on purpose. I guess, like, what I mean is, Which like, I also appreciate. I guess, like, what I mean is, like, the average person, right? Like, the n- n- yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about like the weirdo, like tryhard that's that's going to, you know, that doesn't that that is identifying with listening to something different than other people listen to. Right. You know what I mean. I think I'm just like the average person by the time you get to the, you know, 2003, 2004, you know, they're like, well, you know, I think I really like this. It's like, it's like a bunch of like AB testing, right? It's like, you start off here and you're like, well, I think I like that more than that. Well, I think I like that more than that. I think I like that more than that. And I think I like that more than that. And so then they're like, yeah, I really like dashboard confessional more than I like uh, modest mouse. Or and then they're in that whole thing or whatever, whatever it is, yeah. you know. Or, you know, I really like black metal, or I really like Demi Borgir more than I like Slipknot, more or more than I like whatever. Da, 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 da. I like death metal more than I like thrash metal. I like melodic death metal more than I like traditional 
death metal. I like metalcore. I like mathcore more than I like metalcore. I like, you know, all those things start to become accessible. Yeah. And it's not just, and it's not just like, I need something to go er to. And well, God damn it. Bob went to Bob. We'll do it for today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you didn't have that access, you could, you just sort of took what you can get. I, I vividly remember like the sensation of, hearing songs on like the buzz or whatever or 1061 which is the Beaumont station right sometimes played much better shit uh, oh yeah fuck and and being like i need to find that because in the in the sea of like mediocre stuff that i've like taped that i just listened to just right. kind of deal with right here's something that i can actually like feel something from <laughs> like i remember when i heard stabbing westward on the radio and i was like oh yeah you know i remember like when i first heard uh when uh what was the first Godsmack single? Oh, uh, Go Away. <laughs> it's probably something away. Whatever. I think <laughs> it I... fucking was called Whatever, wasn't it? <laughs> God damn it. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. But, yeah, like when I heard that, that was one of those songs now where I was go like, Go away. Oh, I'm doing the best I can. It was it. Yep, there you I'm go. I'm doing the best that I can. Now go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I, when I heard that at the time, it was like, it's a, a cool song. It was kind of like a revelation. It was like no one was really quite doing something like that. Yeah. In a strange way. And I was like, that's, I need that. And so I went and bought that album. And we used to cover Moon Baby. <laughs> we did? We did. M- well, I did. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> I don't think maybe I did. this was before you. I yeah. went in the Moon Baby camp over there. <laughs> That's Take a cool back record. to the Moon Baby. <laughs> um, I, I was into them until I started seeing their songs. And I mean, I was o- commercials. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was okay with them. I was okay with yeah. them. I had their first two records. Uh, that kind of just sealed the deal for me. Like I was, I was very played out by, on them at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I, their second album just got super played out, but there's some cool stuff on there. There was some cool stuff on the third one too. It was just over. That, that was the one where I was like, uh, uh-uh. yeah. Scorpion King. Oh yeah. You stand alone, but you stand over there. <laughs> you stand alone. Yeah. We are standing over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so like that idea and then, um, and then also another thing was that we kind of touched on was like that new metal was a genre that existed and like took hold in sort of the last heyday of record labels. And so um, there were bands that one maybe shouldn't have even been signed in the first place. Yeah, um, yeah. Two or two bands that got pigeonholed and trapped in a sound early on. And so thus they sort of had to maintain that sound to sort of have some success. Right. You know, and so, you know, a big part of Roadrunner, um, you know, is like, I don't think they have a good track record for like signing bands and then letting them develop and become whatever they're going to become. You, you kind of had to be what you were, what you were like right out of the gate and they were going to sign like a, a forever album deal, not give you any merch you know, not give you any tour support, you know, like they, there's notoriously terrible record deals. Like, it seems like they, they were looking for, they had, they had a slate of types of bands they wanted to fill. Yeah. And they filled those slots. Right. And they knew what they were doing and they were good at, that's why, I mean, they were good. They were, but, but this is the thing, like when death metal wasn't hot anymore, they dumped all their fucking death metal bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like, they, like, here's an example of them not wanting to sign like an artist and let them grow. Right. And like, well, I don't, we don't know where you're going to end up, but 
but we're going to invest in you. They didn't sign Devin Townsend. They turned down Devin Townsend for Ocean Machine, Ocean Machine and City. Like they were like, ah. And then, you know, and they're like, well, you know, typo negative is really big. <laughs> you know, like they, they called and told him that. And, and Devin was like, well, you know, I have another project that sounds exactly like typo negative. <laughs> uh, well, I happen to have a typo negative right here. And, and they're like, oh, really? Well, you should send us that. And they're like, okay. And they like gave him like their FedEx account. And he like went down to FedEx and he took a giant like photocopy of his ass. <laughs> And FedEx it to him. <laughs> Good job, Debbie. Good shit. Good um, shit, Devin. You know, so, so yeah, so I, I, I think that like there was a pressure. Like Road Roman was like, okay, so you're okay. You're the band that does the what? Okay, okay, cool. You're you're the white guys with dreadlocks. Okay, you're the white, you know, or you're the this or you're the that. That's what you are. You know, put that box around you and. And then they can market that and they could sell that and you were going to sell something. You know what I mean? Like you you were going to catch something in that net, but that's cool for a few albums. But I mean, we'll get we'll get there. But but how do you grow past that? <laughs> we'll get there a little bit later, won't we? You know what I mean? Like how do you how do you evolve past that? You yeah. know. And so um just more riffing on like what killed that genre? Just the, just the whole idea of record labels. It's just such a wild thing, and that it worked so long for so many bands, despite itself. Sure, really, it's like sure, it kind of shouldn't have, but um, man. So, but yeah, and I was kind of uh, I like was because I was curious, and so I like went through and made a listed a bunch of albums that came out in 2003 and 2004 to sort of like put myself in the headspace of through the ashes and, and, yeah. and whatnot. And, okay. So uh, this is just stuff that was out then. Or is this stuff that you were into specifically? Or um, just... It's stuff that I went out where I was looking through it. I was like, okay, well that's important. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was like either I was into it. That's important that's having lasting effects now. Um, or I remember other people being really into it, even though perhaps I wasn't like, I wasn't into the 50 cent record, but it was everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, and, and whatnot. And so, but so when I, when I look through what's going on here in 2003 and 2004, sort of some things that stuck out to me as far as this changing climate, right? Like with music overall, but also sort of specifically with metal. And there's some interesting things when, when I look at this list. Um, so there's new genres that start, that seem to be becoming like more defined and have more traction, like indie rock, you know, folk rock, you're seeing mm -hmm. like Iron and Wine, you're seeing Modest Mouse, Shins, Franz Ferdinand, White Stripes. Yep. That's becoming like, oh, that's, that's the pop sound, right? Yep. The pop rock if you will, whatever sound. Um, you're seeing more metalcore records like Atreyu, you know, like de debuting high, Avenged Sevenfold records are starting to do well right. around this time. Um, Hip hop's becoming more mainstream. You have like, you have 50 Cent, you have Jay-Z, you have Kanye's first record, you know, like 
so the, these are these are records like Jay Z's Black Album. You know, you have Eminem's Encore, but but like Kanye's first record. Like this is a record that is still making, still having an influence. <laughs> yeah, and as far as like popularity goes, this was still the heyday of like TRL. Right. When there was like, and this was like boy bands and shit. We're still kind of this is like the tail end of that. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was like sort of dominating the popular. Uh, right. Speaker box comes out during this time. Two thousand three. Yeah. Why do I think? I always think that was two thousand four. Um. Yeah, it's two thousand three. I have Weird. it. I have it on here somewhere. Yeah, I saw it at the bottom. Okay. Um. So, but yeah, so like hip hop culture and rap, not just. Not just like R and B, like Mariah Carey records, but like rap and whatnot is it's just it's it's ratcheting up and up. You know what I mean? And so now yep. it's not just like Eminem, it's fifty cent and Jay Z and you know, not that these acts weren't popular before, but now it's crossing over into being like Oh, this is the best these are the best selling albums of the year. Like these are the right, biggest like artists. Where winning Grammys and shit like that. Right. It's kind of a stupid you know, barometer, but that's the sort of thing that was happening then that wasn't happening before. Right, 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 right. And so you're also starting to see, like, within metal, you're starting to see, like, debut albums and, like, sort of ground, you know, like, genre-defining albums that are still relevant, laid for, like, subgenres and movements that are still relevant, okay? So, like, Tech Death, you have, like, the first Spawn of Possession album that comes out in 2003. You have necrophagist's first album that comes out in 94 or in 2004 i showed you that was the one that you were like tweedly 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 brr, was how you describe them yep but that is the definitive tech death album um of that time like people heard that album and then it and then chased their tails for five years trying to replicate it and then <laughs> nice. people spent 10 years trying to like up the ante from what people you know what i mean anyway it's just it is an extremely relevant album to modern metal today um, Black Dahlia's first album comes out during this time period. Yeah. Um, Aborted, not their first album, but their first really great album, Gormageddon, comes out, and it's just this brutal fucking technical death metal album, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, you also another thing is that you start to have, and I feel like this is this is big. This is huge. It, it to me it signals something really, 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 really big. Um, which is that you have, um, is it on this page or the next one? So, um, two things happen in 2004 that I think are really important and signal a lot. One is Exodus puts out a record called Tempo with the Damned in January. And so that is, like, Exodus has been on hiatus for like seven years or something mm -hmm. or six years or something. And so they put out a brand new, amazing thrash metal record. Like just, I mean, it's, like it's come out of the gate and kill it. Yeah. It's just one of the best. It's just one of the best, like just straight up meat and potatoes, thrash metal records ever made. Okay. Cool. And Exodus is um, legendary. Like they define, they basically define the genre mm -hmm. of what thrash metal is. So they put that out. They have a classic singer, you know, Zetro is doing vocals and whatnot. Um, and then Suffocation in April, they've been on hiatus for six years. Uh. They put out an album with like the original drummer, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's a, it's like, it's a reunion album. Okay. So you have like a flagship old school thrash metal band, a flagship old school death metal band 
both putting out their reunion albums. And both of those bands are still incredibly relevant and touring and kicking ass anywhere that there's electricity in the world today. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Um, and so I feel like that's like an interesting thing that you see happening in this time period. Um, speaking of Devin, Strapping Young Lad puts out a new album. They hadn't put out a full length in six years. Right. Also, um, Devin had been doing other stuff, but not like a, not a, not a Strapping Young record. Um, and then you get like Limp Bizkit's last full length before they go on hiatus. God, yeah. So it's like. Which one was that? Was that the green one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was an EP, <clears throat> this uh, unquestionable truth they put out in 2005. Oh, okay. And and so like I I I, tr- I tried to like make note of like billboard positions and stuff like that to sort of like you know get a reference for things right. and whatnot. What's actually taken hold? Right, right, right. And it's a little skewed because metal records and rock records just traditionally are just like they always come out of the gate really good. Like those first weeks are really really good for those records. You know, so it, but, um, but yeah, so I don't know, like it, it, to me, it's not hard to like connect all the dots on this and, and sort of, or, or like, here's another one. Where's the Demi Borgir record? Yeah. Like, so Demi Borgir, extreme fucking album, like, like Mastodon's Leviathan debuts at 139 on the Billboard 200. Like it, it's, it's charting. Yeah. Okay. It's on fucking relapse. Demi Borgir is charting. They're on nuclear blasts. Like these are under, you know what I mean? So these are clearly things that have been swelling up that are starting to, you know, peak out into the mainstream during this time period. And maybe like the biggest example of that is Lamb of God. Yeah. Who in 2003 put out, you know, As the Palace is Burned. And then they put out Ashes of the Wake in 2004 on Epic. You know, yeah, major yeah. label fucking debut. And and that, what is, what is it? What is it? I had it, had it down here, but it, yeah, twenty-seven. It's a <laughs> yeah, dude. That is, that is a metal ass metal fucking record, and it debuted at twenty-seven God, on the Billboard charts. I cannot believe they made those records so close together. Right. That's insanity. Uh-huh. Those are two of the best metal albums of all time. <laughs> they're they're up there. Yeah, and Ugh. so yeah, I just think all oh, that's just just. It, it, it just it, it's clearly like I don't know ex- I can't say exactly what killed new metal but I know that it died sometime in this period yeah you know Slipknot comes out with volume three which was I feel like that was a like shit was just different after that you know album. I don't even I don't even yeah it, yes it absolutely I don't even feel like new metal died so much as they just kind of forgot about it it became less relevant yeah um, it just kind of went like it just kind of stopped Maybe like, maybe it was happening in some corner, but like right. everyone just kind of looked the other way. At there was all these just other things. more like you like you were talking about. There's just more interesting shit happening. Yeah. And another sort of interesting little thing that I that I came across was the uh, the top twenty best selling rock and metal records of all time. Right. Okay. Um, rock and metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so there's a lot of like ones you would assume. Black album. Yeah, Black Album, Van Halen, um, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy. That's sure. nice, right? But what I thought was interesting was that the most recent, I was like, all right, what are the most recent records uh-huh. on this, right? Like of the best-selling rock and metal records of all time. And I think this 
darkness tells the story. Uh, the most recent one on this list is Nickelback in 2005. Um, okay. And then the next most recent after that is Hybrid Theory in 2000. Wow. And then after that, it's Creed, um, the U- Human Clay Human in 99, yeah. and Kid Rock in 1998. Oh, boy. Really? Yeah. What, what kind of sales are these going by? Um, it's just like, okay, well, let's just look at the, the, um, maybe Kid Rock. I, I, I know it's in here, but, um, it's, it's just like, if you take like all the rock slash metal records, just those by themselves. Yeah. And, oh, well, it sold 7 million, it sold 8, it sold 20, it sold 30, whatever, four, whatever it was. And it's just like, all right, well, what's the 20 ones that sold the most? Oh, no, I understand that. What, uh, physical sales only? I mean, it accounts for digital as well. Hmm. So, but I, I feel like there it Damn. is. I'll just look at the number because like. Yeah, I didn't have time to that like seems, cross-reference all that in a way that. That seems wild to me. Be diligent. Yeah. Yeah, Kid Rock's in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 11 million records that one sold. But I mean, huh. and so you could chalk this up to like, oh, record industry changing. People stop buying records, blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm but, sure that's part of it. But, um, but it. it I think it's also like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. People, people stop. Like hip hop culture became mainstream culture. Um, yeah. You know, and, and like new metal, like whatever pop capability that new metal had became like dispersed throughout all these other things and, or it became like codified into like radio rock, like Nickelback. Yeah, and whatnot. Because the, I still think that yeah, I think you're right. Uh, there's like a, a sea change for yeah. sure in terms of like popular taste that yeah. like persists to this day, really. But I think a, I think record labels and the way people found and purchased or not not purchased, but found and consumed music was a big part of it. Because for sure, look at uh, best albums of, of or biggest selling albums of all time. Mm-hmm. Straight up, and it's still topped by like the Eagles and Michael Jackson and ACDC, right? And Metallica and Led Zeppelin and all that shit. Right, right. And it's not. It's not catching up. You know what I mean? There's, there hasn't been that thing. I would. I would really like to see what like of the top hundred best selling. What are the most recent of those? Well, and I, I almost feel like maybe there, 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 there needs to be sort of some type of statistical analysis as well because it's not really fair to compare these things to the Black Album. For instance, that continues to be relevant because Metallica is a band continues to be relevant, and that album has been out and selling for thirty years, and so you can't really, oh well, you know, Mastodon still hasn't sold as much as Metallica. Does that mean that they're less having less of an impact? Well, I think that I, as example or whatever. Well, know, I guess what I'm saying is like that's a testament to like. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, not necessarily, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought I, I, almost, I almost, I almost said like that's just a testament to <laughs> they made better music back then, but that's absolutely not the case, right? Uh, I, I think things just got more. I think there's just a lot of things that happened. One of those, th- I think, is that things got more, more diverse, and and more sort of spread out. Um, I, I guess like to your point earlier, like. 
as people yeah were finding more niche yes ways to to find what they really wanted to hear right whereas before you had i mean i guess you had fewer options but you also had fewer ways to get a full menu of what was out there right right uh, right, right so it's right. like both of those things changing yeah. sort of there's, there's along a, the same line there's a lot of dials on this fucker right yeah well, i mean i think about like in the 90s where if you were a metal fan and pan, like everyone went to the fucking pantera show you know what i mean was it was at least how it felt um yeah, yeah. and there were like these flagship huge arena shows like every few months that everyone would go to um and now I don't go to any shows like that, but I, but I, but there is this inexhaustible well of small to mid-level, um, death metal, technical death metal shows that, that just, you know what I mean? And these bands are able to keep doing it mm-hmm. because there's like a hardcore, you know, niche fan base that will go there and half of the people that go there are not just going to buy the ticket. They're going to spend 50 to a hundred dollars in merch and whatnot, because this is their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, it's so different than like, Oh dude, let's all go to the fucking Slipknot concert. Dude, I've seen enough Slipknot concerts. <laughs> I know what it's going to be like, Right. <laughs> you know? Um, but back then it was like it was more of an event. It was right. more of a uh, special thing, I right, guess. Right, 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 right. And and now going to see the small band in the small place that with like two hundred people and that band that you really like feels so much more special. Yeah. You know. It's it feels closer to like a, a hobby or like a lifestyle yeah. thing. Yeah. Thing it's a thing you identify with and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so we've gotten through, I think, um, 200 of like my 7,000 word, (laughs) um, essay, uh, or thing that I wrote. I don't know, man. I just, I just find this stuff really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, probably a whole other show in there. The context, right? And so all of this, (laughs) all of this is to frame that, you know, when Machine Head puts out you know, through the ashes of empires. Not in America, by the way. Not in America. Uh, It wasn't released in America. It was released in October in Europe and released six months later in America. Um, So, yeah, so there's, there's a really cool documentary where they talk about, where they talk about all that and they unpack all that. Yeah. Um, Recommend that you watch it. (laughs) Uh, But, oof, boy. The where they were talking about the record label woes that they were going through and how they got dropped from Roadrunner US and then they shopped around and literally everyone was just like slamming doors in their faces. Right. But radio e- single. Radio single. Radio yeah, single. Yeah, we gotta have a radio signal. Single. And a signal to broadcast the single. Uh but to the point where like they had basically finished the album and Roadrunner was still like, nah dog. Never mind. Yeah. Like but you heard it. You they finished it. You heard it and you heard how good it was. And then they put it out and it started doing well. And then they were like, wait, 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 wait. Right. But actually though Right. Roadrunner US came in at the last minute, you know, at the eleventh hour as as they put it. You yeah. know. 
because they had a they had gotten a deal with Roadrunner International yeah. to put it out. So like that is just that is fucking unheard of. Okay, that that a, that a fucking American band has their record out in Europe for six months before it was released here. That is yeah fucking insane. Like an established successful right band that was. I mean, I guess ad- admittedly by all accounts, like on a creative you know downturn. Like, but still, to to completely get snubbed. Right. By everybody, right, Even right, like the smallest labels. And like when they were when they were listing all the labels, it was like surgical strike. Yes. I was like, really? I really like that they said like disturbs because <laughs> no one knows what the fuck. What, right, what no that label name, is. which was I think Mudvayne's label and shit like yeah. that. Like they're just other like peers at the time. Other bands were like, you know, nah. I tell you what, when I saw that, I was like, wow. no wonder. No fucking wonder that as soon as they could stop doing touring packages, they stopped and started doing evening with. Like no fucking yeah. wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <Man>. so <laughs> wild. Right. And and so uh right. And so I think it shows like how saturated I think it shows like that they only wanted radio signals, like shows how like hungry every label was for like oh well you're gonna be the next cross we need the next crossover act we yeah. need the next crossover act we need the next crossover act like um new metal is gonna become the new um hard, you know rock radio right is what everyone <clears throat> wanted like you're gonna be the next lincoln park you know you, you needed that that's another thing we haven't mentioned um is is lincoln park and how influential and how much of a big deal and a big like sea change that was yeah so meteora came out in 03 right and hybrid theory came out in 2000 yeah um, and hybrid theory was big but the meteora fucking it like exploded hmm. yeah that that was whenever it became like okay everyone <laughs> like it's not it's not just us cool kids yeah it's everyone that's into this fucking band and they deserve it they're a great fucking band very yeah. great fucking songs and that's like that's a really good album it, it really it's is it's really a great great album i yeah. <laughs> uh, i have nothing bad to say about them no. um but that was a dev uh, that was just another huge ingredient in the sea change and it's it's it's, it's that's another interesting thing i don't know i just think that like new metal is it's it the phenomenon of it is so fascinating because it's almost like what killed it was a few bands perfecting it. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then, like, those bands were like, <laughs> you know, like Linkin Park and Slipknot are like, all right, well, those are the biggest fucking bands ever. And then there's a big gap between, like, Slipknot and, like, Mushroomhead and Il Nino <laughs> and shit. <laughs> you know? Cynthia Woods Pavilion? Scout Bar. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> But there, like there were so many bands trying to, I don't want to say cash in on that, but to like ride that wave of, mm-hmm. it just I just can't help but compare it to grunge again though. Sure. Like there were just bands that were, but in this case bands, they didn't necessarily perfect anything. They were just really fucking good bands. You had Nirvana oh, and right. Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam doing right. what they did. Right. You didn't so much have imitators of that it just kind of died off because no one else did that anymore. Whereas this was like bands were trying and they just kind of floundered. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, 
I I love there's a lot of new metal records that I legitimately love and I still legitimately love listening to. I'm not embarrassed to listen to. I'm not like, oh, I can't believe it. No, 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 no. I unironically still love listening to the, to a lot of those records. Um and but then there's a for me, there's a big gap between like that <laughs> that like the even the ones that I even the one even some of the ones that I really like listening to. Um, that I think are great records. Um, while I think there's something special, of, God damn it, what am I trying to say? <clears throat> All right, I'm just going to say the mean thing. Um, Do it. There's some of those records where it's like you probably could have grabbed any dude who had been playing bass or guitar for um, you know, a few years and thrown him in there and that record would still be in would be fine. You know, things got a lot of, you know, it's like they ended up being pretty decent records or even like enjoyable, but there wasn't anything like there wasn't that spark. There wasn't some, like something special about them. Not, not in a fully rounded way, mm. you know, like, or maybe there was like we well, yeah, one aspect or here something. Well, or yeah, okay, that's a good song. That guy has a cool sounding voice. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I like the way he puts lyrics together. You know, da 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 da. That's a good point. Um, I feel like that time was like filled with albums like that. I feel right. like I bought a lot of albums like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because because uh, it was where cause I bought him for like a song or two, and I was like, this is gonna be cool. Oh, it's kind of just whatever. Right, because a record label was like, oh well, they all have spiky hair. That all there's no there's no bands that all have spiky hair. Frosted tips, frosted tips only. So, oh, you know, yeah. hey, you have that that drummer you have. He's really good. But could you find someone that has spiky hair? <laughs> you know, it, affect the sound. No, 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 no. But it'll be easier to sell. Yeah. And we're not going to get the record made at all if we can't sell it. So spiky uh, hair equals money in the bank. You know, so. So, yeah. So I think that that's that's like another, you know, like a lot. Whereas it's. You know, man, like <clears throat> you don't have a Slipknot record if you don't have Joey playing drums and, you know, and like Mick and Jim on guitar and Corey on vocals. And, yeah. you know, like that shit becomes that's a different thing now all of a sudden as an example or anyway. Well, it's kind of the, it's it's like the weird it's a weird chicken and the egg situation, right? Like you have these bands that because it's not like these bands set out to make this sound these bands sounded like this and it became the sound. Right. Right. So it's not as though they were trying to do new metal. They just did the thing and it was new metal. Right. That exactly. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing that's really important about this. None of us called it new metal at the time. Right. Like if you were like, I'm, I'm sure some journalists outsiders looking in who didn't listen to that fucking music called it that, but no one who was listening to it called it new metal. Right. It would, it just happened that corn came along and slipknot came along and rage against the machine had been right. going and all this other shit. And it just influenced a lot of people to do the same thing. Right. Uh, right, 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 right. And they were doing it in a, in a way that was amazing and catching people's imaginations. So and everyone starts doing it. Like you're yeah. saying, we, whereas like the bands, the great grunge bands were great in the same way that the bands in the 70s, like that that we still think of the iconic bands of the 70s being great. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, just like those guys interact musically and have personalities. Exactly. And there's only like no one plays bass like Ben Shepard does, you know, or <laughs> yeah. whatever. 
And yeah. you just like, yeah, you hear the dudes in Soundgarden or or watch Pearl Jam play, and it's just like magic. And it's those guys, you know what I mean? And it's it's and not it's, because they're playing grunge, right? Yeah, yeah. right, 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 so, right. And like, and I think you know, a band like Pearl Jam is a good example of that because look at the career that they've had. Yeah, and exactly, you know, like you we, like, you know, you're not gonna have edema going and playing for three hours <laughs> you know probably not uh i don't it, know when they played last but probably not <laughs> not i mean i people like they were able to have a career because the singer because the singer was jonathan davis's cousin oh was he yeah that was it that was the hook oh that was the hook on edema probably said that on the sticker on the cd like i'm, I'm pretty sure it said the same thing about uh power man 5000 <laughs> Rob Zombie's little brother. Poor spider. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Poor spider. They did all right. Hey, I bought that first Edema record. I'm not. I'm not being too shitty yeah. about it. And like, actually, the second, the second PM5K record I got from Justin. Actually, he left it at my fucking house. There you go. Um, or I stole it. That or something. Out. I don't really know. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but yeah. Again, like, because of what we're talking about, you know is that this is a time that record labels still had an incredible amount of power. Yeah. Um, this is before MySpace. There's a huge overhead to, to get a CD pressed yourself and to distribute something yourself, right. even just locally, um, to get it recorded yourself. There's still, like, we're not quite to bedroom recording yet. Um, yeah. It's still... It, yeah, this wasn't just, is it going to make us a lot of money and famous? This was like, is this going to get made? Yes! Right, and I think that that might be a, a thing that's that that is, you know, because it's like, oh, well, you know, because like about ten years into the future or whatever from this time period, if you have something that you want to get made, it's gonna, if you just have a way to eat, <laughs> you know, while you're making it, then it's it's a lot easier to get it made and you can then distribute it on my, you know, you can distribute it through other, through digital channels. Yeah. That's not an option then. Right. Like, yeah. and so whenever machine head talks about like, well, I guess we'll try writing a radio single. Right. That makes sense. Which that song ended up being reworked for the roadrunner United. And yep. it's amazing. I'm, I, you know, I meant to listen to that again. I, it I, is, I saw it come up after last week's, and I for, I was like, I'm going to save it for next, and I forgot to go back and do it. It's so good. has Tim Williams on vocals from Vision of Disorder, yeah. and he is, is, a, is an amazing fucking song, man. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Army of the Sun is what it's called. Yeah, so it was reworked from Pins and Needles. Right. what they originally re And I forget if I was reading the Wikipedia article for the album or some interview or some shit earlier, but... I think Dave McLean was like, this is like the worst fucking song Rob has ever written, musically or lyrically. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> they were not happy about that at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, uh, so... But so that, yeah, so leading up to, leading up to the writing of this album, that's kind of what it was. It was like, they were trying to figure out how to get the record, how to get a record made. How to made. even get it fucking made, right? Period. And, and they were like not feeling what they were having to do to make it happen, which is like writing a radio song like this. And they just got into a room and just argued it out. And Dave McLean was like, we need to fucking be Machine Head, dude. Rob <laughs> Flynn was like, fuck you, dude, but you're right. Let's do it. And they fucking did it. Right. And then like, they made 
an incredible album. Like if we're gonna fail, let's fail doing. Let's write what we want to write. Right. Exactly. You know. Um, and that idea of like paring it down to just the three of them, and just the three of them wrote the record. Yeah. You know. And I never realized that until watching this. Right. Yeah. Like they didn't have that fourth influence. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I think that that's probably something really special about why it worked and why this sort of became such a turning point because it was, it was like machine had distilled in, in a sense, you know, where you didn't have someone else, some like that other guitarist trying to pull it in some other different direction of like, you know, and that's the thing. I don't know enough about Logan or Aru to sort of know exactly what they wanted or didn't want or how much influence they did or didn't have. But it's, I don't know, it's interesting to speculate on, right? Like, I don't know, man. Maybe fucking. Well, they, I, think, I think they had some influence. Like, maybe they wanted to do a bunch of fucking, like. Because if you read the background of this album's Wikipedia page, the direct quote from Rob Flynn is, when Aru quit Machine Head to go join Nickelback wannabes Juggernaut, we made the decision to start writing as a three-piece. Yeah, I saw that quote. Holy shit. I saw that quote. All right. And then he ended up in El Nino writing. Oh, like, really? I love it. I love those first two El Nino records, okay? But I think it's really funny that Aru then ended up in El Nino, and then their third record opens with a fucking, like, oh, god damn. Like a, like a C-team, like a bench warmer machine head riff. Uh, mm. I bet the rest of that, of that El Nino record's good. Maybe. But, but I'll tell you, that... That first record, that first riff. Actually, I'm fucking play for you right now, okay? Because because you you just instantly you'll 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 get what I'm. We can make this saying. happen. You'll get what I'm saying. Um, I went back and listened to it like a year ago because I was on a big Il Nino trip, and I was like, oh, this record's really good, actually. Um, and this is their third album, right? But I didn't at the time that it came out. I was mad. I was mad about it because yeah, it came out in 2005, right? So it's like. Machine Head is already back on top, king of the world, and all that sort of stuff, right? Right. It's got a cool intro. They were good at that stuff. <laughs> you can't just do that. Ding! You can't just throw that one harmonic in there. That gave the whole thing away. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't I, know what you were doing before that. I heard that. That was like, <clears throat> you can't go back to your ex now, buddy. <laughs> I'm, so, um, I'm sorry, baby. So. Wow, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like. Uh, so yeah, so that, that that whole time period was really weird. Yeah. You know, for them, and and I, I just think it, what I want to know, what I really, really want to know, is I want to know what was different about that contract that they gave them at the end, like that they finally yeah. signed, because that, that they came back to. They present it in that documentary, like, like Machine Hit, like Rob was just like, please, just sign this, please. <clears throat> I've seen a lot of interviews with that dude. I've heard him tell a lot of fucking stories. That dude has that, you know, <laughs> that dude likes to get what he wants. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, like 
uh-huh. he was not going to be one to get like they like that's the thing is Machine Head and Roadrunner split mutually. Yeah, at the beginning of two thousand two, yeah. like both were unhappy. Right, that's what they made it seem like. They especially. didn't get dropped the way that other bands get dropped. Where it's like, what the fuck happened? I thought we thought we were cool. Right, like, it was mutual, and so which is an interesting decision in itself because like, what I've never heard of that happening. I guess. Oh, dude, that shit happens all the time. A mutual, for sure, like for a... sure. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Because it's, you know, like, you know, maybe because like you want to renegotiate your contract because you've talked, you know, maybe, you know, you've talked to these other bands. You've been in the business now for fucking seven years and you see that the way that other bands have set up their money, other bands that maybe you're drawing just as much or more than and you see that they're getting paid more than you or they're getting a better percentage of merch or they're getting right. this or this or da 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 or they're getting more points on the back end or they're this or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you see that you're not getting that. So you want to renegotiate with your record company and your record company goes, fuck you. And then you can't do anything about it. And you're stuck in that position for six months, but you do whatever you can in your power to still try to negotiate it. And you, maybe you like, give us more tour support. We don't want a tour in a van. We want a bus, you know, and you push and you push and you push. And then they get, you know, you're, then you get to a point to where they're tired of dealing with you. You're tired of dealing with them. Your last record didn't make them a fuck ton of money anyway. Right. You know, so the case here, right. Right. I guess I was explicitly thinking creatively, which isn't obviously the only way you can look at that. But what do you mean? That they split on creative difference terms somehow. Oh. Like the record you want to make, we don't want to put that out, oh. or something to that effect. But obviously, that's not the only metric we can saying. go by here. So it doesn't. Yeah, you're you're right. But I I really want to know like what Rob's demands were. Sure. Yeah. You know, I really want to know what what cons- what what concession that Monty was able to talk like the suits at Roadrunner into giving Machine Head. When when he when he when Monty Carr like plays in the finished version of of Through Ashes of Empires is like, no guys. Yeah. You don't fucking understand. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this. Because the interesting thing about this situation is like we said, they seemingly got turned down by every American record label <laughs> under the sun. All right. And then had to go, you know, overseas and do what they could. And then it made it sound like there was just like no hope and and that Roadrunner US didn't still necessarily want them back, but they ended up finding some way to do it. So it wasn't like a bunch of different record labels heard this album and said, "We want you here." Right. It it just somehow became, you know, it's a really weird, interesting situation. I feel like there's some things missing from the story that, Probably, that we certainly. will never know. And I bet a lot of it's really boring. Almost assuredly. Um, but I'm still... It could have just been like someone high up at the company not didn't like Rob Flynn and they may left for some shit, you know? He pisses a lot of people off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Be, so, um, which is one of the things I love about him, which is why, why, I've, why I, you know... Will will always mostly be in his corner. He doesn't. He tends not to do it for shitty reasons. 
Exactly. Is a big part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Uh, yes, exactly. Pissing like, someone off on its own isn't a bad thing. Exactly. So. Exactly. I I I have a massive amount of respect and love for that guy. Yeah. Um yeah, and so another thing I thought was awesome, if you look, if you notice, um the vocals they recorded the vocals on these microphones ah. <laughs> sm7b's <laughs> you know nice so uh yeah they just have like the screen like they have like not just this pop filter or whatever or not this i, I my brain doesn't work but they have like the front like the case taking off and then they have a pop filter in front of it yeah okay. so i thought that was, I was like yes but uh the other thing in that doc that stuck out to me was um the ending when they're talking to Monty Connor. I was like, how, how prophetic is that? That he, that he says, yep. uh, <laughs> I think their next record. If they is, made this album now. Yeah. What are they yeah. going to do next? Yeah. It's like, I think the next album is going to be the best of their career. <laughs> uh, if they made ashes when they were at an all time low, what do you think they're going to do now that they're confident? Now they have confidence back. back. Exactly. Um, I also thought, there's well. yeah he's like man that's monty connor's a smart man <laughs> maybe you can't do everything right but man you see something you can do something right <laughs> dude monty i i always get the impression that monty was just always doing the best that he could because he wanted to sign pantera it wasn't his fault oh right right you know right that I mean? was him like he's a and r he's not the owner sure right he's he's like the guy that's working with the artist and he's kind of like the go-between you know right um I also thought that was interesting too, as he mentions that it's like this record through the Edge of Empires, it's like it just sounds like a metal record. Like it's not tied to any specific subgenre. Uh huh. You know, it's like it doesn't sound like a, you know, like a thrash record. Um, it doesn't sound like a metalcore record. And I was like, he didn't say new metal. That's either because uh. that's either because we didn't use that word or it was intentional on his part. Um, or he just forgot about it by the or he just forgot about it. <laughs> Maybe all of the above, actually. Yeah. Because like <laughs> I can't imagine like Roadrunner not knowing that new metal is a thing since they like had cornered the market on it. Yeah. But then again, I don't know. Like maybe that's not how he conceived of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe he didn't think of it that way. Or maybe I mean, to if, him, new metal was already dead. He didn't want to even consider it. I, I almost find that more likely because again, they are Roadrunner for fuck's sake. But also if he's listing thrash metal. Or what else did he say? Metalcore. Metalcore. If he's listing these other things, what is it? If he was going to list the things that Roadrunner had done up to that point, what would he have called it? It's not like he was, it's not like it was one of those two. Right. So maybe he just fucking forgot about it or. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, there's something interesting there about just like the, the etymology, I guess, of the term and that it's not, I all that's something I always find so fascinating is that whenever there is a term used to describe a subculture, that that subculture itself does not describe itself as. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like, um, anyway, I can't think of another great example. I guess, like, I remember whenever people started using the word hipster, and I remember, like, trying to sort of, like, tease out, like, what do y'all mean when you say this? Um, cause it sounds like you're saying po you, you use it in the same like cadence and rhythm and tonality that I would use the word poser. I was like, but are these people really into these things? And it was like, well, no, no, yeah, no, no. They're really into these things. Right. And I was like, well, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> they're not faking it. That's like, and they're just assholes about it. <laughs> like, oh, well, 
Yeah, boy, I can't remember when the when the first time was roughly I heard the word hipster being used regularly. Yeah, like so. I want to look up real quick now that you mentioned that. God damn it! The Google search. The trend history for the word new metal. Oh, dude, yeah, that would be interesting to see. But this is the mobile version of this, and it's absolutely. Oh wait, hold on. Well, if this tells you anything, that you can look at. The, here's here's the time periods you can search by. Two thousand four to present is the oldest you can go. That's as far back as it goes. I think that that and Google was around a bit before that for sure. And not as in widely, not as widely used as it is, you know, these days. But I think that's probably pretty telling. I think so too. So, and, and that's the exact period that we're talking about it dying. And so that's like funny that that like yeah. the term becomes codified. People are like, "What is this thing that stopped happening?" <laughs> Interestingly, look at that graph, though. What am I looking at? So here? it starts two thousand four, ends. Yeah. Look at that trend line. Right, That's really strange. That is a strange trend line. Like, was that peaking like around two thousand nine? Yeah, but so maybe that's when the term became widely used. Right, everyone. If derogatorily, talking. you know. Right, 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 right. That would that makes sense because that would have been around the time that like Slipknot put out "All Hope Is Gone." So mm. and Disturbed had a new had new stuff putting out. You know what I mean? Like you had Mayhem Fest. So these, oh yeah, sure. These things would have been <clears throat> somewhat in the pop culture. Yeah. In a sense, and, you know, like at that point, Slipknot's like a legacy band almost um, at the exactly. time. Yeah. Even though they were only like 10 years old. I think at that point, they would have been established. Uh, they would have been an established like new metal elder statesman, I guess you can say, in a weird, dumb right, way. Right, right. Um, for whatever that actually means. Yeah, so that 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 is interesting um because i never fucking said the word like yeah man i fucking love new metal right and I, n- not not while i was in it you know <laughs> yeah exactly um i was it, like oh i guess that's that's what you call all of that well i guess i like that <laughs> right oh but then i saw how it was written with the umlaut and everything i was like i don't like that shit anymore. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna do that <laughs> we're done we're done here uh, i just thought that shit was just metal what the fuck yeah right I just thought it was the new metal. That's all I thought. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's like, can you? <laughs> I just want music that's like more pissed off than than stuff my big brother or my dad would listen to. <laughs> that's all I wanted. <laughs> Need all this baggage. Um. All right. So. Yeah. Now we'll talk about the actual album <laughs> through the ashes of empires. All right. So something. So I had a. Uh, I had like. <laughs> Sort of an odd feeling going back over these two records because these aren't records. I these are records I never stopped listening to. Okay. So I don't like have like the same distance. Yeah, yeah. At first I thought I wouldn't have much to say, but I I always have too much. <laughs> Bullshit. To say. Um. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, man. I mean, obviously these records are objectively amazing. Uh, there it is. So all there right. <clears throat> Done. See you guys. Call it a day. See you guys next week. So. uh yeah, so would how how does <laughs> Through the Ashes of Empires hit you now when you listen back to it and how does that compare to how it initially 
hit you, if you remember. I, I actually don't explicitly remember because, like I said earlier, like I heard they they put bite the bullet up on their website before this album mm-hmm. came out. Which, knowing all this and thinking about it in terms of how this record got released, I'm actually curious as to when that exactly would have been. Would that have been yeah. before it came out in Europe? It it probably would probably. have gone up on Roadrunner's American site. I don't know. Or would it have been in 2004? I point? would imagine it was probably just like, it was probably like three or four months before the American release is probably what it was. Because it snuck way under the, like, I was like, because I, I, I bought it because I came across a record review that compared it to and justice for all and it was like <laughs> this record's amazing i was like well okay man i'll i'll give it a day of court and then i went to best buy and i bought it in the end of heartache <laughs> on oh, the same okay. day yeah, yeah, yeah um which i can tell you but oh yeah you know um let's see that would have been yep like yeah, like April, like May, it would I would it would have been like mid May two thousand four because through the ashes came out on four twenty and then end of heartache came out on May eleventh. Okay, so like a few weeks later, but so yeah, I guess it was a, it was a little while before I actually got into this album uh-huh. around the time it came out. Despite having heard "Bite the Bullet," I was like, "This is a great song," but I just never, I don't know if it was because. The last two albums didn't grab me as much. Right, because you've been checked out by for two albums at this point. I was only checked out for one. Kind of. Because I still loved Burning Red. Yeah. And I was like, Supercharger? Meh. And I, I, I remember liking, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm contradicting, contradicting what I said last time, but I remember liking the Burning Red well enough. I just didn't love it like I did the first two albums. And mm. then I just didn't get into Supercharger at all. So yeah, I kind of been checked out for a little while there. Uh, but then again, I, I heard bite the bullet and i was like this is fucking cool it's kind of like this sounds like machine head i want to hear but i didn't get into that album for a while mm-hmm. and i i mean it was at some point that you got me into that album mm-hmm. uh because i specifically remember you like raving about stuff like you know days from blue to gray and uh descend the shades of night and this is gonna be really cool to to because <laughs> to, i know how i feel but i don't know how long i've felt how i feel <laughs> A pretty long time, I think, because yeah, you. It was you uh, talking up this album so much mm. that eventually made me go like, I gotta go check this, check this album out again. <clears throat> I, I or, do not again, but yeah. I do remember. Th- I do remember this was one that we did listen to a bit on road trips and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or I have like at least one specific memory of listening to it. Yeah. Um. And I remember Jeremy like saying of Imperium, he's like, the riffs just don't stop. He's right. <laughs> it's like, there's just, there's so many of them. So like one of the only other notes, I, I didn't make too many notes about these at all. Uh, I didn't fucking have to. Uh, I just put, and so it was that Machine Head began composing metal. <laughs> <laughs> As they would go on to do many more times after this. That's, yeah. Dude, the, like Imperium is you cannot it's unassailable as like an opening statement yeah like an eight minute opening statement <laughs> yep it's uh-huh. so it's one of the best single metal tracks in my opinion yep 
I, I, yeah, I was like, in so many ways, this is a perfect metal song. There you go. Um, yeah, it it just, it just does everything right. Yep. Uh, like, and when the thrash part hits, you just know that the rest of their career is different. (laughs) Yeah. Cause, like, this is what we're going to do now. Right. Whenever, cause they've never gone full thrash. They've done, they've done like that, but it's been more of like a hardcore. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a hardcore kind of way. Not like full on, like intricate. There was a different, very different feel to this album. And so, but whenever that, that first, like that first, cause, cause up to that point, you're like, this is, this is an amazing, like groove metal fucking song. But when it gets to that, that fucking thrash riff and that, that, the, that Tom hits, because you, you still don't know that they're gonna thrash it out, but when the drums come in, man, and it's like, oh my, it's like, all right, everything, and thus everything changed, <laughs> and thus spoke, uh, and uh, the Flynn, I guess, yeah, and thus spoke McLean, yeah, yeah, there, there, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I really was surprised. I guess I never knew that. Um, uh. Oh my fucking god! The other guitar player, Bill Demmel. <laughs> Bill Demmel. I can't want to say Dave something else other than McLean. Anyway, I I was surprised to learn that Phil Demmel did not write a lot of this album because right. because this album feels so much like what they're going to do next in in so many different ways. Well, goddamn it, you know it, it like it makes sense when you know the full history, which is that Phil and Rob were in violence together. Sure. Sure. And like they're cut from the same fucking cloth. And what like yeah, what that band kind of was and what they would become right from here on. <laughs> and that Rob was like a lead guitar, you know what I mean? He was like a guitar player. Yeah. He wasn't a f- because he's you always He was a singer who played guitar. Yes, he was a fucking guitar and you know what I mean? And like that's it's just he's he ends up I think he's like one of it's got to be one of the most underrated guitarists in metal. Um yeah. Because, I mean it's 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 as much like him and whoever else he's got with him at the time throughout Machine Head's career, it's as much like Hetfield and Hammett right. as as any other band. Because he's just such a charismatic front man and such a strong personality. You associate so much of of that with the vocals. Right. Right, and, and that delivery. Like this, yeah, the sort of attitude of their songs <clears throat> comes from him so much. Right, you don't you tend to, you tend to think of him as, you know, like 70% that and like 30% like guitar player. Yeah. Right. Um, like he's, like, he's just fucking Garth Brooks out there, like playing some cowboy chords to support it, you know, or some shit like that. And it's like, nah, man, <laughs> he's doing all that. Like right. all of it. He can do all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's playing the killer riffs. He does many, many of the solos. He's all the harmonies, harmonies and all, all over the place. Right. Absolutely. Um, killer guitarist. So I do remember this record took a little bit for me to, it took a little bit for it to grow on me. Um, like I think I heard Imperium and I was like, oh, that's obviously amazing. <laughs> um, but the rest of it, it took a little bit. <clears throat> and, and then, and then for a while I just kind of had my favorites. You know, this was like one of those records for a long time for me, for a long time. It was like, this isn't one of my favorite records, but it has some of my favorite fucking like it has like five of my favorite songs ever written <laughs> um you know like imperium days turn blue to gray seasons wither uh wipe the tears and descend you know i was like well these are these are clearly 
you know, for me personally, this is like the best songs ever written. Per, like these are like the songs I wish I could write, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And and I those songs were just on such a high pedestal for me that like I think it's it's not that the rest of it isn't good. It's just that those were so meant so much to me that it was overshadowed a little and bit. And they somehow just didn't hit those highs because I kind of feel that way. Like I I'm to the point and have been for a while where I just like know all these songs. And so they're all just, there, there's those songs on this album that I like a lot. Uh, but I know like, there, I just don't, uh, some of the, some of them just never hit me like some of the other ones. Did. Right. Whereas I can go through the blackening and everything's killer front to back and, and the locust probably as well. But right. Uh, and there, there are, there are peaks and valleys more so on this album for me than those other ones. For me, going back and listening to this one, um, like it's like this, this might be close to a perfect metal record for me, um, because it's so, it's so uh, personal. It is. If it's anything, it's extremely personal, <laughs> and that that means a lot to me. That goes a long way for me. Sure. Uh, so somehow I'm not surprised. Womp womp womp. <laughs> And so, yeah, yeah. Overall, this is this is close to a perfect metal album for me. It has the thrash metal tradition that that sort of like new metal. I don't know what you want to call it, like sincerity, um, or or whatever. Right. Um, vulnerability. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Both of those things I think are valid. But it still has sort of like there's like there's dynamics to it. Um, yes. There are highs and lows and loud and quiet and intricate and fucking right. whatever. But what's interesting is that this album still tracks as like, like it still feels like, oh, this is the best new metal record ever made. Hmm. It still feels like a new metal record. I, I think especially in comparison to what they do after this, yes. it absolutely does. Yes. Yeah. And it's more mature. It's more sophisticated. It's more intricate. Yes. Than, than your standard new metal record. But the arc of it, especially if you, if you take it, it, okay. It's like, it's like a new metal record that has, um, <laughs> that they put a lot of thought into. <laughs> That has bookends of legit, amazing, epic, timeless metal songs. Sure. Because Imperium, that's not really a new metal song. And neither is Descend the Shades of Night, I, I would say. But 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 the songs in between, like, I don't know, like, just the flow of it, right? I don't know. It's, it's hard. I, it's, no, I think that's a great point, actually. It has a sort of, like, how to say, not like a grungy feel, and not in, not in terms of grunge music, but, like, it has sort of a... Uh, 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 swampy feel in the middle, like a sort of a funky, vague. Yeah, like it, it's it's more corn than it is Metallica. I don't I don't know how to say. Oh <sighs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's not just in the lyrics; it's also no, in the, in the it, production. It, yeah, in the tone and all this stuff. There's a certain urgency to it that you don't hear in a lot of um, metal records because metal is like very stoic, and it's it's you know it's like. I will, I will calculatingly bludgeon you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but that's what made this so like attractive to me is like they do both of those things. Yeah. At, oh yeah. All over the place, extremely well. well <laughs> and they get away with it because they're such an amazing band and they're such amazing musicians. And yeah, you know, but they've like they do so well. Like they have 
from all, we've we've heard four albums of them having like amazing feel and right and and all these amazing like riffs and shit so that's that's done that's no problem but then to like bust out the sincerity and the intricate madness that's going on right all sort of at the same time throughout right. the album right cuz you cuz you have like the grooves <clears throat> And and whatnot that you have on the first two records, and you have the intensity that you have on the first two records. Yeah, you have um, the melody that you have on the Burning Red. Yep. But then you have that that like ace in the hole, the shit they've been keeping from us, <laughs> right? Which is all this fucking epic thrash well, shit. We're five <laughs> albums in. I guess we can bust this shit out. I guess now. we'll solo now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. But Man. it still has this edge to it. It still has that, and it maybe it has to do with how they wrote the record, how they recorded the record. There's like an urgency. There's like a just a fucking spit. There's a venom. fucking urgency because Rob didn't have vocals when they went in to record it. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Well, even in just the music, there's like, there's like just a, there's a, I don't know, man. There's like a spit and venom, like yes. piss and vinegar, like yeah. kind of just. There's like a fight to it. Yeah. Is, yeah. 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 And yeah. Like, and there's like a raw, okay. Whatever. Like there's a rawness in the production that I love. Um, it's organic, but still really tight. And it's tight because they're a tight fucking band. Right. Exactly. You they can't. Have, their fundamentals are like, you couldn't get more solid. Yeah, you, and that's the thing about really about both these records, especially this one. Like you couldn't make a record that sounded like this. If you try, like, if you're like, okay, what's the blueprint to make a record like this? Well, like, first you have to be Rob Flynn, <laughs> you have to be Dave McLean, you have to be Adam Deuce, and you have to be uh, um, those guys in 2003. <laughs> right. Um, because they can't even make this record now. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> because and, yeah, and yeah, that's a great point. Like. You have to be people who made like some some of the most solid metal albums to date, right? And then come in and you want to do something different, right. and your backs are against the wall, right? All these things have to line up. Yep. Yeah. And or and even just like the tone, like like the bass tone on this record. Oh my god, <laughs> the way the bass sounds on this record is like really unique for for metal, and it like because it cuts and it has presence and all that sort of stuff yeah. man and it's like it's like a nice like round punchy warm sound from the bass um yeah. that can really like carry a whole sections it, it's not just this like distorted slab that right. that is just kind of like filling up the low that's just enhancing the low end like it's i don't <laughs> uh, yeah man uh to, so, go ahead to to I guess just throw in a, a bit of a dig is like one of the things that hit me again because something I didn't say yet is like these days more often than not whenever I want to listen to Machine Head mm -hmm. it's almost always the uh Burn My Eyes or Unto the Locust mm. those for whatever reason became the two albums that I just that's what I'm going to listen to right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For as many times as I've listened to The Blackening, it's actually been a while since I've listened to it. Uh, and this album, to a slightly lesser extent. But one of the things that hit me coming back to this album was like, some of these lyrics make me cringe a little bit. So let's But go. you know what? I kind of understand maybe why now. <laughs> let, 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 let's, let's dig into that. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to the, to like the drumming and a whole bunch of other shit. Um, okay. So let's dig into the to the lyrics first. I'm gonna talk about the vocals in general, um, and specifically the vocals and lyrics. Two very different things here. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah vocals, yeah. 
amazing throughout. Yes. Um, and so to me, the genius of this record, like the song, like songwriting of this record, is the way that they use the clean melodic vocals because they're not used at, they're not done the way Slipknot does it, where it's like, here's your big melodic chorus that everyone sings along to. Yeah. They're always as pre choruses, um, transitions, or bridges. That's where all, mm. almost all of the melodic vocals on this record are. Interesting. I don't know that I caught on to that, but yeah, okay. That's how it is. Okay. That's okay. how it is. Like it, and so it's so they so they they don't they don't ever hit you as this is the most important thing, right? But they hit you as like this relief, this reprieve, this variety, the dynamics, and and all those types of things, you know. So, right. um, and it also because of it because of doing it that way. It changes the, you know, it, it, it really allows for the, the lyrics themselves when they're vulnerable to be really highlighted, highlighted and to convey emotions that I feel are very, very unique to be conveyed within the metal genre. So, sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> for example, like Days Turn Blue to Gray, right? That, that's, that's a great, that's a great one. Um, like, you would never hear like Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, whatever, Exodus, Testament. No band that speaks the thrash metal vocabulary have an exposed, harmonized vocal like, why won't you love me? Sure. What did I do? Excuse me? What did I do? <laughs> you know, like Jesus Christ, right? You know, please help me see what did I do. No, no, no fucking other no no other band that that has like the chops and the presence or I like okay no other band that that has the thrash metal pedigree exactly would have the balls to do that like what it basically sounded like they did on this album was like take an album that could have been made 10 years prior 15 years prior mm -hmm. and just did it here with like you're saying, like new metal sensibilities to it. Yeah. Like, like you said, vulnerable sort of. Right, right. And well, and the thing too is like, whatever new metal, whatever new metal is. Okay, I think it's safe to say that Rob Flynn ex it like expresses it authentically because he himself is part of that second generation of barrier, and he himself probably tired got tired of the trappings, sure, of traditional thrash metal, you know. And like the, it's really almost like groove metal is almost like this. It's almost more of an anomaly than new metal because it's just because Pantera was so prolific and so amazing that you have that as a bridge. It's a thing, it, you know, it's almost like a thing that metal people did while they were waiting for new metal to develop. It's almost like Pantera is <laughs> like a Pantera is like parallel. You know what I mean? But whereas I think you can draw like a through line from thrash metal to burn my eyes to like Slipknot and shit like that, you know, like that, that, those things connect to me. I don't know that you, you know, Pantera is almost like just happening on its yeah. own. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, I mean, it's true. There's something to it, but yeah, I see what I, you're saying. I guess like what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to give Rob credit in that. Like, I don't think that Rob heard Pantera. I guess like, I think that Rob was sort of like, <clears throat> I think he was already on that trajectory. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I mean, I'm certain that he heard Vulgar Display of Power and was like, all right, fuck this. This isn't going anywhere. But I don't know, man. 
Are you saying like in terms of like the first couple albums? What I'm saying is or that up to this point. What I'm saying is that I think that if you take the riffs off of Burn My Eyes and you don't have Chris Contos playing drums on them, you have new metal riffs. It's probably some in there. Yeah. Probably so. Some, probably so. You know. So like I mean much closer to that than anything else that was going on right, around so, them. Yeah. So what you're saying about like it's like they took an album that could have been made 10 years prior and then made it with like new metal sensibilities sensibilities. It's like, I still think Rob was just doing what he wanted to do, but, but he is a, still a part of that thing that was naturally happening that we now re- retroactively call new metal. Sure. Um, I guess what I was trying to say was like, they made a machine head album, but they, they, they like bolted on It's kind of derogatory, but they bolted on like thrash metal but just did it in the way that they kind of been doing it, because burn the burning red was still that in terms of the sensibilities like, right. that they brought into like the lyrical content right. and things like that. That was still there. Mm-hmm. They had been like you said they had been doing that, but then they just made something more akin to a thrash metal album. Sure, uh, and or it's like they just like it's like something gave them permission. Yeah. To like, oh, well, we can do that too. We want to do that. We can do that too. Right. You we know? actually feel like doing that. Actually, we can do that now because we have the personnel now to do that very confidently. Or even it's just like, I don't know, man. Like the thing that I was saying before is that like what makes something sound dated is, is if people stop doing it and people stop doing thrash beats and people stop doing that kind of double bass. So maybe they're like, well, we don't want to make some old sounded shit. Sure. You know, but also the other thing you have happened in 2003 is you have St. Anger. Like, okay, so like, oh man, it's gonna take a while to even process how that fits into all this. Well, I, I like, regardless of how we feel about that record, what the average person fucking said about that record was like, Metallica is heavy again. So what I'm saying is, like, is this like I guess they did? Huh? It was like, oh, things are heavy again. Like it was, and I think like for whatever, like, I'm not saying that this is like one domino falls and then. Da, 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 da. I think this is just where everyone was headed, you know, naturally. And so, mm. all right. So back to the lyrics. Yeah. Um, okay. Overall, there's something extremely positive and hopeful about these lyrics. Um, if I had to sort of sum it up, it's like, um, like this pain has a purpose or maybe mm-hmm. uh, this pain doesn't have to be for nothing. That's sort of the message of the entire record. Sure. Yeah. Because all the pain and everything that he talks about, he always laces in some measure of hope or, or or things about love. You know, the lyric love shows up all throughout this fucking record. You know, like it's in fucking Imperium, you know, carved upon my stone. I will go on patience, belief, love will ascend. You know, right. those are Jesus. It's too hopeful. Too hopeful. <laughs> Calm down, Rob. Um. You know, so <laughs> that's what I said. This is it. This is it. This is the line. Um, rageful positivity in the face of trauma and hopelessness. Just he just spells it out right there. That's it. He just tweeted it out right there. Um, and so I love fuck. I love that Rob is actually saying things. <laughs> right? Almost all of these songs are they're about something. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are a little free floaty, but even the ones that are free, you're like, okay, this is still something specific here. Um, and like what they're on, it's on this album, they're specific about things that are personal. 
on the next album, they're specific about things that are political, which I am also very inspired by and love and think is awesome. Like I love Pantera and Slipknot, but a lot of that shit is just abstract, uh, you know, aggro word salad, Mm -hmm. you know, like Corey Taylor. I love him, but he will go to great lengths to make sure he's not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like every other lyric is it, you know, it's like, this is this, this is not, and I'm not this, I'm the anti this, and this is not like, he's just, I mean, it's wordplay. I get it. You know what I mean? But it's also like, you're not saying anything. (laughs) Um, Hmm. And I mean, and that's part of like the slipknot shtick, you know, like, um, but, but, but I really appreciate because it's really, really difficult in metal to write lyrics that are one actually about something, two are poetic, um, three they're aggressive or dark enough uh-huh. to fit into the genre, and four like don't sound stupid when you sing them. Right. So let's talk about presence of my enemies. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Some of the lines in this verses are uh, what keep this record from being probably my one of my favorite records of all. Like it's it this this. Oh my god! I've, I've been reading through the, the album's lyrics again to try to remind myself what it's it was that one. really sparked that. It's and this one. I, that's why I keep coming back to. I'm, it's it's got to be this. One. It's terrible. The verses are terrible, and the rest of the song is amazing. But the verses on this are like. I was like, these boring-ass metal Yoda quarter-note lyrics ruin the entire song <laughs> and no. slow the whole damn record down for me. Seriously, it takes me out of the flow of the record so hard that I think this <laughs> might be my favorite metal record of all fucking time if you took these verses out. Death, I will fight you, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, because he, he does some metal Yoda shit on the blackening, too, but it's, it's less exposed lyrically, mm, okay, and and more and it's more rhythmically interesting. But this is like nothing's going on. Like the guitars aren't even playing. It's just like bass and drums, you know. Right. Like, and you know, I'm not a violent man. Again, I wish to repeat. Ah, I want to break your. I want your nose yeah. to break. I want your nose to break. Like and see, but the, 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 that's what's so fucking irritating is like there's i feel totally uh validated and going off on this because this is literally the only criticism i have for these entire two records i agree <laughs> this is the only this is the only negativity I, I fully agree yes. um let's see let me let me let me pull them up here because what the fuck because it, it is it is startling yeah because because there are cool things you know um where is it at? Uh, oh man, but for every human that takes away a child's innocence, whether by molest or by all wars, pointlessness. Yeah, killer of life, corrupter of all that is pure. There, here it is. I want your nose to break. That's that's terrible. Cause like you are, you start fake wars and you fuck kids. Ugh, like. <laughs> But also, it's like not even like I want to break your nose. I just I want, just want, I just I want, want it to break. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, like shattered under clenched fist. That's cool. Sure. Smashed face to concrete. All right. Yeah. Taste asphalt. Gentle kiss. Yeah. Cool. I'm done with that. That's yeah. great. That's great. But this, uh, you know, and so, but man, and it, that, that's the thing is like, it stands out because the rest of it is just yeah. So, be- um, be- like. 
it's it's still as goofy as some of this shit is. It's still at least being genuine. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the rest of the record is so fucking that. Right. That it it it's it's in line with that. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I don't hate it for that. It's just you can't not hear that and be like, come on. I will say. What what made me kind of like calm down on it a little bit was uh, when I watched the live DVD again, and it didn't bother me when I heard it live. It didn't stand out hmm. for whatever reason. It didn't. Okay. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. That's the th- that's the thing he says there. Whatever. Yeah, people were getting into it and screaming it back. I'm sure. So. And well, and the rest of the song is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that's that. But, but but again, just to reiterate what we what we sort of alluded to earlier was that I'll. There were apparently not many lyrics written when they went in to record this album. I didn't get the impression. I didn't know if he was talking about the whole record or just that song. Oh, I, that was, hmm. I have to go back and look again. The impression that I got was like a lot of the songs. The impression I got was it was just the one they were showing the clip for, which was Days Turn Blue to Gray, I think. Hmm. But Okay, um, it could be. It could be, yeah. So, but yeah. But the rest of the song, like the the, the end of it. On your grave. I will stand. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. You know, for I, I'm, I'm sure I read the lyrics at some point over the years, but I really thought that at some point he varied that to "I will shit," <laughs> like <laughs> on the like seventh time or something. Uh, but no, there is a few. He, he, I think what it is is he, he like pronounces it differently. He like goes off on a different vowel at some point. Yeah, I will stand or something like that. There's a few. I think there's like some in like seasons seasons of where I was like, that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So the lyrics in that song are really the only are like the only criticism I have for either of these records. Um, yeah. Yeah, Empyrean's amazing. Bite the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote, unleash the McLean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so, all right, let's talk about Dave fucking McLean for a minute. Let's um, do that, yeah. So, on this record, and I think arguably for like the decade that follows, this motherfucker is absolutely on like, fucking fire. Untouchable, top of his game. Like, where have you been, dude? <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, you've been good, but, like, you ain't been this good. But, God, dude, because literally no one is this good. Um, I was digging, so check this shit out. I was digging through uh, some old interviews, found an old interview of his from, like, 2007, right? Um, So I already knew this, but I wanted to, like, confirm it. So when he's doing, like, the fast shit in Imperium, he's totally using heel-toe doubles. Um that no one was doing then, by the way. Like <laughs> inventing that shit whole cloth. Yeah, more or less. Um, like a like a technique that now everyone fucking does to do like crazy fast double bass. Like yeah. he was doing in fucking 2000, 2004. And I was all, I, I, I was always confused as shit watching like the the elegies DVD because it would show that section and his legs were going like Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I was like, what the are you cheating? <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was like, that can't be the right clip, and I was like, no, that's the right clip. Oh, sure, sure. You know, how's that? You know, and then I found like a few years ago, I found that internet that 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 interview snippet. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and so also these records weren't done to a, done to a click track. Oh wow! Yeah, man. 
there's some real specific examples on the blackening where you can really, really tell. And I'll point those out. Okay. But that's another reason that they feel as amazing as they do. Sure. Um, because they sound like those guys playing. Because they have some organic feel to them. Yeah. And and it is another. It's a testament to how fucking amazing Dave McLean is that they feel as good as they do, and as consistent as they do. All the all the things. And I mean, they said when they were. Uh, I think it was this one, but it may have been the blackening. But they were like, yeah, McLean went in like a day and a half and just knocked all the shit out. Just flawless takes. That shit, like my brain doesn't even hear that. Like whenever they, because I've known that. I've known that. And like, I, I watched it and like, <laughs> it's like that shit that they made up in that What the Bleep movie about like, oh, well, Indians didn't know what ships were, so they couldn't see ships. Like that's, that's, that don't, it's not to go there. I don't know what that is. Um. But that's how I like feel. Whatever they're like, yeah, he would. He did. He did seven songs on the first day, and then four days, uh, four songs yeah, on the next. Sure, okay. And whatever. I'm like, Mrum. didn't hear that. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Um, it's funny. Like, I've never, I've never watched much of their like behind the scenes footage. I guess of, the, of those guys, Machine Head, just kind of hanging out, talking. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And Dave McLean comes off as just such a like, yeah, man. We're just like, I don't know, whatever. Just. It's fucking cool. It's we're we're doing some good stuff. It's cool. He's an awesome like, dude. Totally like chill and like like kind of bro, uh, not broy, but like almost like a surfer sort of vibe in a weird way. He yeah he he's real laid back, real and, laid back yeah. And he's kind but he's kind of awkward too. Sure. Oh um, yeah, I, I can get that. Like I met him once briefly uh-huh. um, at like a Sacred Reich show after he had left Machine Head. They were playing down Scout Bar. And I, oh, so this I, is pretty recent. A few years. Yeah. You know, and so and I'm like up front like the whole time because I get to like. There's Dave McLean. I remember you telling me that. Okay. And I get to hear what he sounds like through open air. Right. <laughs> right. Which is totally different, man. If you In ever the wild. Well, if you ever have to if you ever have a chance to hear what a drummer sounds like without mics, mm-hmm. and you know, you can just like there's so much information that's lost. Like you, it just there's no way to get around it. Like you can have the best video and the best microphones and everything like that. And but if you can hear how they sound in person, not through the PA you get this sense of their their internal dynamics right like how hard how 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 does the volume of the tom relate to the volume of the stare relate to the volume of you know what i mean and each drummer's has it's like a thumbprint you know what i mean and gotcha and <clears throat> but yeah like so he was like hanging out and like talking to people and I, and i was like dude you're one of the most underrated drummers in metal and he was like no there's people who are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just trying to say, no, you don't understand. There's... Yeah, and, and it was like, God damn it, dude. I'm trying to like, mm. and it was it was like, okay, right? yeah, there's no way I can convey to you how highly I think of you as a craftsman and an artist. It just feels like I'm just some, some like, some rando machine head fan that's just like you're the best you're the best because <laughs> this is my favorite band so you're the best um but nice guy that's good nice oh, guy yeah, sure you know so uh the, the only other note that i had about this album actually mm-hmm. was they mentioned a number of times how um the only song that Phil Dimmel and mm-hmm. Rob Flynn wrote t- 
together as guitarist and fill, fill with the band was Seasons Wither. Right. And that was not recorded on the initial, not released on the initial European release, mm-hmm. but they slotted it in on the US release, on right. subsequent releases of the album. Uh, and that was the only song that they wrote with Phil for this album. Uh, and they keep making it a point to say, so this is the one we wrote, and we keep, you know, this is going to be indicative of where we go from here. Uh-huh. And I'm like, fucking what? Well, that's what they thought at the time. Not even close. <laughs> I kind of get it. You know, I kind of, I mean. <clears throat> I mean, it sounds it sounds different than the majority of what, it sounds the most different to me from the rest of this album. So, like, I get that. But that's it. This is not any sort of evolutionary hint or anything to, to me. But there's nothing that could ever prepare me <laughs> sure, for sure. the blackening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nothing can prepare you for the blackening. blackening. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let me see. But I just I just thought it was funny how they it kept is. harping on that point. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Eh, you just don't even know. You can't tell the future. So did you ever see the like Imperium misheard lyrics video? Maybe, but I don't. So it's a hard. I have to work to like not hear those. This this, oh, this yeah. shit was like in two thousand five or something like that, and it was like rare meat now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck your grandson's ass. <laughs> it's like I still think about every fucking time I hear this song. <laughs> still thinking about fucking that grandson's ass. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I guess Rob does say prejudice kind of weird. <laughs> It's a hard word to scream. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, and he really like stretches those vowels in some weird ways sometimes. Matthew yeah. Lawrence Cardiac. <laughs> he really rolls it around in the mouth there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Behind all the teeth and <laughs> yeah, under the tongue. That that's an amazing moment on the record. I fucking love totally. that moment. I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, you must have had to like, go lay down after that and then come back to the next take or something. Yeah, well, it's one of those that's like, dude, if you just read that shit, like, written down, you'd be like, fuck, I'm not supposed to read that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you feel like you stumbled onto a motherfucker's diary. Like, okay, right. you try to sort some shit out. That wasn't for me. I'm sorry. I read it. Uh, I won't say anything. You won't have to say anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, man, no harm, no foul. Uh, so another, so in Bite the Bullet, like I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just to spit bomb random sure. shit. Uh, the groove is nasty, bass tone is incredible. The twin guitar work, you start to hear like this rub, right? Like you know, if you're listening on headphones and stuff, you can hear that these things aren't like perfectly synced up. You know, right? There's a really explicit point in the I think it's like the outro mm-hmm. riff. They do like the initial riff again, and there's a part in there where you hear things kind of get yeah a little wavy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I always yeah, loved yeah. that about it. Right, right. I feel like you hear it on the beginning of Seasons Wither too. Mm, okay. Um, there's like a like about like I don't know like the third like the halfway through like maybe the second cycle of the like it feels like it gets a little drifty and then it locks back in you right. know, and I fucking love that shit. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like for as precise, that's, that's the thing is like, you hear some of the other shit, like the, the melodic dual leads in like Imperium or whatever the fuck else, all, all of this album, like you know that they can do it. It's, it's not a question of like right. having to get everything right every time. It's just like what felt good here. And this is Right. And like trusting like, okay, well that was the take, that was the drum take that we got when we were tracking together and we decided that was the keeper drum take. So we're going to trust that that felt good. 
we're gonna trust we're gonna trust our former selves <laughs> from a few days ago that said that was the one and we're gonna fucking go with it. Right. You know, we're not gonna chop this up and like massage it over. We're gonna let it be, you know? And I guess I guess having said that and what we're gonna talk about next is like did they have any of those moments and then they get rid of them or were they just that goddamn perfect? Like uh, you did, oh. right, yeah, right. <laughs> Where'd that go? Where'd that weird shit go? Because it ain't on that album. <laughs> yeah. Um, left unfinished, pure new metal lyrics, and I'm here for it. Sure. Uh, yep. Love this tempo and the super skank feel. That's what I call that. Like, you know, I call that the super skank beat. Yeah. Uh, mid tempo super skank, and then it was a. Uh, <laughs> No one like no one uses toms and like mid tempo double bass the way Dave McLean does. Like no one is as good at that as he is. Like just mm-hmm. you know, there's some really cool examples I'll point out in the blackening. Um, we already talked about presence. Oh, L- L- uh, this is probably where the "Just for All" comes from because LG is like an environmental song. Um, amazing song, groovy as fuck. Uh, Days turn blue to gray. We talked about that one a little bit. I love, dude. There's so much air in the fucking mix like in the drum tracks like that like the cross stick like it sounds so fucking real <laughs> like it, it's like yeah man that's what the fucking cross stick sounds like when you're sitting in the room with it you know and there's another song where he's like playing on like the rims or some shit it might be in the middle of this one it might be in the middle of this one yeah. um and uh <clears throat> and it just sounds so fucking just it just sounds real and it just sounds so organic, and you just don't hear that on fucking metal records. Like you wouldn't hear that. You wouldn't hear that on a fucking Lamb of God record. And Lamb of God became like the gold standard, right? Like later this year, <laughs> after this was released, <laughs> exactly. Like later, the, oh goddamn it, we all have to try to sound. Everything has to sound as good as Ashes of the Wake. Everything has to be that tight and that perfect and that inhuman, you know. And this record is amazingly human. The production and the yeah. execution of everything on it. Love every fucking yeah, second. Yeah, 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 and yeah. No one, no one in metal grooves the way that McLean does. No one has his feel. No one has his swing. No one's able to play behind the beat. He, no one except for Vinny. Like it, it is a category of two. It's them. Nice. It. And yeah. So I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. <laughs> them. I was like another McLean fucking all the butts intro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, man, it's just, oh, this is kind of funny. So at 2.44 on Vim, I was like, this is maybe the first testament two-step of their career. The, that thing, I called it like the testament two-step because there's like a famous testament song where they use it. Like basically Lamb of God modeled their entire career off of this one testament song. I can see that. Um, not their entire career, but. You know, what kind of a thing did they do a whole lot? Yeah. Uh, let me, I can't remember which one it is. Is it? It's not that one. Um, I, I, I get, I mix up those old school <clears throat> Testament songs. All right, whatever. Not going <laughs> to, not going to fuck around with that. I'll try one more. Point taken. No. Anyway, whatever. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, uh, oh, it's in Seasons Wither. That's when he's rocking on the rims and shit. Um, 
So the bridge and the solo work, the cymbal and the drum work that he's doing in here, to me, foreshadows the absolute masterclass that we're going to get on this stuff in Aesthetics of Hate. Mm. Okay. Like he's he's hinting at it. He's letting you know what I mean. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. I'm uh, okay. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep doing that. Um, I'm just to say that "Wipe the Tears" is another one of these amazing songs for me that I like leaned on a lot. You know, um, a certified door ripper. I called it. <laughs> like you know, because when that kicks in, it just makes me want to tear doors. Um, <laughs> Um, all right, and descend the shades of night. Uh, so <clears throat> what else did I call? What else did I? I'm gonna back up a second. So, what did I call it? Um, I made some joke about the weepy bridges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Machine head and the weepy bridges because days turn blue to gray, seasons wither. And descend the shades of night. Like whenever I'm like just just listening to them, like it's I I get all emotional, fucks me up. Um, they do it well. That's that's what they're going for. Uh, the verses of Vim are in five eight, which I thought was interesting. <clears throat> all right, so descend the shades of night. Okay, so there was a period in fall two thousand seven where I was like legit losing my mind. This was a few months before I went to the mental hospital. I was suicidal. I was all these types of things, and like no bullshit, uh, this song helped keep me alive. Like I know I talked about the song "Burning Red." <clears throat> yeah. Like that. That's like a go-to sad song. Like okay, I'm just trying to hang on here. Like this. This. This was the one. This was like. You know, um, because Burning Red isn't really hopeful. <laughs> it's more of like just a lament. Mm. But this song is still powerful and still hopeful and whatnot. And just countless nights, countless hours, driving around by myself, this song cranked, singing, screaming along, just trying to survive one more night, you know. And I was starting, I was fucked up and uncomfortable, but God damn it, it is what it is. Um, yeah. and, uh, I don't know why, but things were always easier for me to deal with in the morning. So it like, it was just, just get through the night, just get through the night, you know, and like whatever it took. And a lot of times what it took was driving around in my car and screaming this song until I couldn't, just couldn't scream, anymore. couldn't scream anymore. Right. Um, so yeah, this is <clears throat> these lyrics, like the bridge of this song is everything that is great about metal to me. You know, like lyrically, like it, it, it's like that's the mission. It's like, like, cause that, that's what draws me to metal is it's this cathartic, it's, it's like I'm not alone. That's why I got into this shit is because when I heard this music for the first time, the style of music, I didn't feel alone. And I've been chasing that feeling mine still the entire fucking, my, my entire fucking life. When I was at the Suffocation concert a few weeks ago, and I'm screaming and riffing and air guitaring with all these fucking crazy motherfuckers, <laughs> I felt like I wasn't alone. Yeah. You know? Um, and and that's a feeling I'll keep chasing, you know? And so, but this is one of the only songs that really sums it up, <clears throat> I guess, vocally in, in such a way. Um, yeah. Like, it's, I totally see what you mean by the, so, by, and, the by the bridge there. It's, and I actually had a chance to tell Rob this in a way. 
<laughs> and like you know, because I I got to meet them you know briefly at the Mayhem Fest. And, yeah, and I remember that. I didn't like I didn't like give him a whole spiel. It was just like yeah, we walked through like shake hands and right, 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 right. Said, like, hey man, I fucking love your shit. Right, yeah. and I you know and 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 I don't know what I said, but I said it briefly, and and he took the time to like you know like look me in the eye, hear what I had to say, and. <laughs> It was it was real cool because anyway here's the poster but he like he was like like he took it on you know what I mean like he tried or he wanted me to feel as though he did like he really yeah you know and then he's like like it it I felt seen and heard you know what I mean and I don't right. know so but yeah we got have like thank you Rob and anyway, fucking awesome got this cool ass fucking signed machine head poster hell yeah you know what I mean. Not like a, not like a uh, order to sign or it came with a record. Like no, nah, man. Like when got it signed yeah, from them. Man. Yeah, like they yeah. they signed it. I got to like shake their hands and talk to them. And totally. Um, yeah. But yeah, is is so yeah that song. If there was nothing on this record but that song, <laughs> it would still probably like well you know that i would still whether it was or not i would still say it was one of my favorite records <laughs> so uh, yeah like like you said bookended with absolute fucking classics <laughs> right like how you fuck with that yeah um yeah so 100 percent. and also if you look at that elegies concert the the three vocal thing that's going on yeah. Like in the bridge and, and especially like the end, the last chorus of this song, that is absolutely, I don't, I don't know if it was an influence on like the way that we started to approach vocals mm -hmm. with all severed. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was like a one-to-one like -one. conscious influence. Yeah. I don't know if it was a one-to-one -one like, Oh, <clears throat> I see that. And I love that. I want to do that. Right. But I do know that once we stumbled into it, it was because of this that I knew it was right. Mm. I see what you're saying. That makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what it, the, way, the, the, the true function of a lot of influences sometimes is it's not, it's not so much to, oh, well, I see that. That's amazing. I want to do that. It's, it's, it's more like validation at that point. Right. To what you naturally stumble into right. that, that you are able to do well. Right. Right. right? right. And, and if you were able to do this thing well and you've heard a thing that – kind of does that too it kind of gives you permission and confidence to keep pulling on that thread yeah yeah right because maybe you have an idea and you don't really know how to execute on it and then you see someone absolutely nail it you're like oh shit that's what i'm going for right i i riffed on this idea with talking referencing one of like the small deal songs like like that bing bong where like there were some people who heard it that we had showed the song to that were like, oh, that feels fucked up and it's too slow and it's this and it's that and da 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 And it was one of the only times that I like vetoed. And I was like, no, fuck y'all. Y'all just have never listened to D'Angelo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> let it let it be. Just let it, just trust me on this one. Um, and get y'all a little brown sugar. <laughs> Uh, all right. So now <laughs> we're three hours in. All right. Well, <laughs> do you want? Do you want? Do you want? Do you want? What do you want to do? I mean, I don't know that I necessarily have a lot to say here. I guess is the thing. Okay. 
we, to, we to me, this it. is pretty straightforward. We can get it done. Okay. All right. This is one of the best metal albums ever created. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know what else to say. Like, this is... From the time I first heard this album to today, like, it was... I could not believe... Uh, like, I remember what... I mean, two notes about this. One, I cannot believe how good this album is. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, I remember when I first heard it, it made me feel like I was hearing a new band again for the first time like rediscovering metal in a way it yep. was it was so it was everything that i never realized i wanted mm. it was mm-hmm. done it was mm-hmm. just immaculately uh uh done and like i said earlier like this isn't even the album that i come back to a lot but it's in my mind it's still like the perfect metal album to it- me it almost just is one of those albums that just like lives rent free now. Like pretty much. Like I don't, cause I, I similarly, like I don't, I don't, <clears throat> well, I don't know. That's not necessarily true because I definitely have listened to several songs like, like clinching um, aesthetics and halo have been in like my constant rotation, <clears throat> you know? <throat> um, but the album as a whole, I haven't listened to very often. Or, or you know, recently. Recently, right? Recently. Yeah. Um, I'm more likely to put on The More Things Change um, or Through the Ashes, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, That's so interesting. It's like the exact inverse of, of what it's I like do. It's like N-1 of, <laughs> yeah. of you, you know, uh, in yeah. a way. Exactly. Um, well, we got, we got it all covered in that case, I guess. Right, so. right, 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 right. And... uh. So, but yeah, like my first note is like, yep, this is clearly some of the best metal ever made. <laughs> Love it just as much as I ever did. And I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. And then I wrote like a thousand words. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. So here's some of that. Well, um, I, I said that. And then I like listened to it three times and, and, you know, and, um, yeah. <clears throat> so. So the the thing that strikes me about this album the most is that it at the same time feels like they took everything that they did on Through the Ashes and sort of like honed it and, and perfected it and also uh-huh. had added things to it. They did everything they could possibly do, but they also condensed and they and they like they edited as much as they possibly could. It's it's so incredibly concise. It's very refined. There's it's extremely refined. Every every note feels just because there's still sort of okay. Remember what you said about Supercharger, where like some of the lyrics and stuff sound like, yeah, Rob just tried some shit, and that's why they just left it there. Yes, woo woo, you know, like that right. kind of shit. Oh. And um, there's still a little bit of that. Left on through the ashes, I think. I would agree. Um, it feels a bit more raw and unrefined in that way, right? Um, yeah. Like maybe but, if they had done another pass, some of that stuff might have gotten cleaned up a little bit, right? But it still feels, but it still feels very rehearsed. Still, like through the ashes is like still feels very like in like those songs are intentionally those songs, yeah, and those lyrics and the vo- like all of it is meant to be written that way. But some, but the takes still have like this energy to them whereas every push and pull on the blackening 
feels like, oh, that's exactly how they wanted it. Yes. That, that they rehearsed it that way. It's supposed to speed up there and slow down there and 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 have all and have all of that going on. Every single note is exactly what it was meant to be. Totally. And the fact that this record is done without a click track, um just Rob and Dave Rob doing a scratch track along with Dave. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know? Like they, they proved that out on those videos. Like, here's what they do. Here's what the song's gonna sound like. Now Dave's going to do the drums, and now we're going to make the rest of the song. Fucking wild. Fucking banana sandwiches. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't get over how just absolutely perfect this album sounds. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. I, it, uh, in a, but, yeah. but not only like is musically, but just like sounds. Yes. Everything about it is... Mm-hmm. So incredibly well done. Right. It, it's, I, I had like a, I had so many blurbs here and it like, one's like, this is like classic Metallica with the brutal beat down groove update. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like this, this album to me feels more like and justice for all in a way. Sure. Like it's, it's relatively short, very long songs that have a lot going on in them, mm-hmm. but it has that, immediacy that that urgency that energy that and justice for all does not have exactly yeah 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 this is um i i was riffing on that idea where you know like through the ashes has like the, has like you know like the groove it has like the pantera groove thing going on um in broad strokes it has like the intensity of slipknot but also like there's like the corn thing going on with how vulnerable it is Mm-hmm. Right, lyrically, right. If if those are the the bands and broad strokes we attribute those things to, right? Yes. Not that Pantera isn't te- intense, and not that blah 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 blah, whatever. Um, Shorthand. But blackening is less of the vulnerability, but it still feels very sincere. Right. Yeah. It's not. It's not. There's not as much I me, you know. But he's still talking about things that are very important. Um. But it's 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 less of the like why won't you love me what did I do, <clears throat> you know exactly, and so it's much more <clears throat> it has much more of like the progress progressive thrash elements like you get from like Master Puppets and Injustice for All, you know, and mm-hmm. so it it is in that sense like because and that's a thing that's really because like I love Slipknot okay. I truly love them, but they don't write like Slipknot songs are mostly pop songs. They're just, you know, those kind of pop songs, but they're, you know, riff, verse, chorus, hook. There's no sprawling nine minute Slipknot songs that aren't fucking art rock. Uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and. Um, or or like a song like Sick, like that doesn't have like a like a verse chorus structure, but it's more like a hardcore song. Like it's just like a hook after a hook after a hook. It's not this, it's not this epic progressive thing, mm-hmm. right? And this, I'm not saying like which is better, whatever. It, doesn't, it has to be. It's yeah. just not that. It's just not that. And yep. and so for Machine Head to write something that has like has that epicness, that grandness to it, but that still has that intensity. Holy fuck, guys. <laughs> right. Holy fuck. 
Um, like I said, like I said about through the ashes, like that's where they started composing metal songs. Like this is yeah, full fucking on. Right. These are these are metal compositions. These are thrash metal com- compositions. Right. Uh, and yeah. extremely intentional, and every little bit of it is thought out and yep. considered mm-hmm. and refined. Refined yep. is just keep coming back to that because it, it is just. Mm. I think I've always thought this is the best album. This is like if someone's like, "Hey, what's metal?" And like, what's it about? I'm like, this is the best out. This is the hands down the best album to show them to. Like, if they're like, I don't know what metal is, but I'm willing to give it an hour. It's this. Yeah. It's this without question. Because to me, it's like the best things about metal. Some <laughs> of the best things. Most, most, most of the best things about metal rolled into a single coherent masterpiece. You have aggressive vocals, truth to power lyrics sprawling non-traditional arrangements that are still catchy and work and are massively construct masterfully constructed you have twin guitar leads you have all those harmonies you have solos you have like these powerful intricate but like soulful drums you know like yeah. it's so much feel but it's so like in your face and so interesting so you have like the neil pert tradition but you also just have like this this groove and this beat down to it yeah you know like I, sh- I should have mentioned on Through the Ashes, but it holds true for th- that album and the two that follow it, is like something so very different from any of their other stuff before that was just there's constantly interesting shit happening. Yeah. Musically. Yeah. The change, there's so many changes. There's so, there's always something to catch you. And it's not, yeah. it's not always a hook. It's just, we did something different and it was still good and interesting. Right. There, there's a little like, oh, well, they've been on this and then, the, and then the bass goes up an octave or there's like another, an extra guitar lead, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Like there's all, there's it's always fucking constant, like, like, <coughs> like what Jeremy said about the riffs just never stop. Like the changes just never stop. Right. And the layers and, yeah. and, and everything. They, and, they're able to keep it interesting the whole time. Right. And, and so I think that would probably go a long way because, I think part of what to keep probably keeps people to some extent out of mm-hmm. metal and what annoys me from time to time is just repetition. Sure. Uh, and this, they do a great job of like staving that off. Right. For, right. For all of these albums. Right. Yeah. Beautiful melodies. It's sincere. Um, yeah. and, and again, like, yeah. So, you know, the songs are about something. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, the, literally, the first lyric in clinching is "war." <laughs> I never <laughs> realized until really, right now. Really clear, letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love, obviously, I love all the anti-war lyrics. It's interesting. This was yep. put out in two thousand seven. Yeah. So, you know, this is all in the Iraq War it's very, fallout. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Um, they're overall more detached and less personal than mm-hmm. than uh, empires. Uh. They feel very much in line with the lyrics of Master of Puppets and Justice for All. Um, not super personal, hella sincere. And I yeah. do think the lyrics are crafted better. Yeah. On this. Um, yeah, I think they took, yeah, I don't know if they took more time on it, but they, they definitely did a better job with. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause it's just, it's really fucking hard. All the things you listed earlier that metal lyrics can do or be or not be, that's a lot to deal with. It's really hard to do that and be really sincere because if you were, yeah. I mean, we've dealt with that where I like really tried to put my heart on my sleeve and, and I'm 
you know, trying to write something that feels really sincere. And then either you or Jeremy has to has to has to go like, well, <laughs> this sounds real stupid. <laughs> you know, if you can make that sound like it was dumb. <laughs> right. Like, OK, well, I, I know that you mean that and everything, but <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I know you're not making this up, but it just kind of sounds goofy. And, and that's just a really it's fucking hard to do. I, I can't do it at all. I never if, have been able to. If I would have also played guitar in the band, there's no way I would not have told y'all to fuck off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's just no fucking way. So it's just, you know, um, but I, like, that's the thing. Like that makes it all the more amazing that the lyrics are unassailable in a way. Yeah. Like, and you know, maybe that comes down partially to, them not being so very personal. Maybe he's able to. You can detach a little. Yeah, and right. maybe, so maybe that helps in that way because the things that the things that can be more personal maybe can be a bit more emotionally driven and less intellectually driven in that way. It, yeah, it can be a little harder to like. Okay, well, let me just look at these words at a distance. Yeah, and think about the songcraft here. So maybe you're able to do that a bit more in this case. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I could see that. Um, I, and, and I, I just, I, lo- I love who he, he, it's all punching up, right. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's governments for taking us to war. It's racist bigots. It's elitists. It's Christian shitheads, you know, it's murderers. Yeah. It's, it's all, you know, there's, <clears throat> and so, and it's actual like, you know, like you don't walk away from these lyrics, like they can like, well, I don't think Machine Head wanted to upset any veterans. They kind of took both sides on that one, really. You know, (laughs) well, I don't think that Rob, I mean, I love Jesus, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's like, it's very fucking clear. Like, (laughs) you know, the Christian conspiracy. Like, he spells the shit out. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah, and then I was kind of joking, and I was like, "What about the production? Um, the best? <laughs> <laughs> oh, duh. Ooh. Yeah, songwriting. Um, the best. Uh, so here's like a question for you. Yes. Um, do you think that this is the wall of thrash metal, as Rob Flynn so described it in in the making of documentary? Because right. he did say that, didn't I he? have no like experience. I don't have enough experience with the wall. <laughs> I've never like... heard that shit. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> well, I don't have a relationship with it, so I'm like not qualified. It's like if he means the best one ever made, then yeah. <laughs> uh, like no, I don't think so. I don't. I don't really know what he meant by that. I guess. Gotcha. He probably uh, just means it's like there's a lot. He just going means on. like it, if he means it's like their magnum opus, then sure. Because I kind of think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't... I think... I I would say that this is categorically... Not categorically. I think that this is... Objectively... Machine Head's best album. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. think that The Wall is objectively Pink Floyd's best album. Mm, I think okay. it's probably Dark Side of the Moon. Maybe okay. Wish You Were Here. Okay. I don't know. Maybe he sees it in some other way. Right, right, so. right, right. It's hard to know what he meant. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. But I don't think this has much in common with, uh, with the wall. So, do you, in the sense that like the walls, like amazing when it's amazing, but maybe it's a little bloated. Is that what you mean? Uh, or is, or is all of the wall amazing? I, I think it's, 
That's mm. could you it's, have? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's all amazing, but it's it's composed of all sorts of different things. I, I guess I just don't know how, what terms he meant that in because right. th- this is an album full of long ass amazing songs front to back. Right. Uh, whereas the wall is like interspersed with all sorts of weird little ideas that, in some total, come out to something that is amazing. I see. Right. Could could there be a the wall? Of thrash metal. Of thrash metal? Mm, probably, sure. Is there one? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I haven't heard it. I think it's Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Of thrash metal? It's a double album. Of thrash metal. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you know what? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's thrash metal deconstructed. <laughs> Zero has some riffs in it. Yeah. There you go. Done. There was there was there's the uh, something deconstructed in uh that was one of the lyrics and oh man one of these songs it's all a blur to me right now <laughs> um I'll have to go I'll have to go back and think yeah. about that question though so uh yeah this is one of the few records that I don't have any fucking criticism of yeah i don't either um, um i have a lot of amazing cool things i can say and point out um but i i, I and that, I, that then that that like gave me another question like what fuck what is that's an interesting thing like not like what are your favorite records right like what are the records that you know <laughs> that are like unassailable yeah that you know like you know them front to back like you know every note um and you have no criticisms of them. Because I have lots of like my favorite records that are super important to me. Right. Some of my favorite moments ever. But I have criticisms for them. You know what I mean? There's things I'm like, well, that didn't work. But And that's that's weird because like immediately I go back to Pink Floyd where I'm like, my my initial answer would be like, wish you were here. Mm-hmm. But that there are things on that album that I have a tolerance for mm. that pe- other people do not. Sure. Like sitting through you know 12 minutes of of uh uh shining you crazy diamond parts one through five mm. and just going through the the highs and lows and the nothings of parts of that song right where i'm like i'm cool taking that journey i see i'm not going to criticize that but other people other people absolutely right. will and have right. so it's that's a more difficult one where i feel like this is has to be more universally like yes this it's, yeah it's hard to say right right uh, that, that that's that's the that that's the thing like i almost want to hear just as out of a curiosity of like what is someone's what could a complaint be about this album right <laughs> right, 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 right 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 and the songs are too long but uh, they're interesting all the way through so i don't know other than other than like people like this too much <laughs> You know, yeah. and I have to balance out the universe, so I have to find something stupid, which is totally a thing people will will say, especially in so, metal. You know, sure. Um, but yeah, like like this is this is an album that I, I feel like I probably felt this way when I first heard it, the, like the first time all the way through. But like, I can't believe this was never made before. Like, you know what I mean? Mm, I can't believe mm. this album didn't exist before they made this album. <laughs> it's such yeah. a weird thing to think, but it feels to me like such a quintessential metal album. Yeah. How did it, this not get done before? It's it's like, oh, well, that's what it is, right? It's like, oh, that's what metal is. What is metal? It's this. It, pretty much. Um, yeah. I wrote something real silly. Uh, let me see if I can find it. 
Uh, it's gonna suck this album's dick, man. Like, I don't, I don't care. Honestly, it's it's too good. It was something random. Maybe oh, I don't find boy. it. But it was like something ridiculous of like it's like someone. It's like someone made. It's I don't know. It's like it's like a the. It's like the perfect classic Metallica album from the future. <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty like pretty much. It's like, you know, I it yeah. So uh, I'm gonna start riffing on some track by track shit. Okay, uh, it's gonna be kind of random. So on clinching, I love how it starts off kind of Imperiumish. Like you think it's gonna kind of be like a mid tempo kind of, you know, because <laughs> it's a, you know what I mean, and like. You think it, it's like, okay, you're all going to do that thing. And then it's like, and it goes somewhere completely different. And then, and then like that song just goes so many places and they're all fucking amazing. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yep. But that's kind of true of the whole fucking record. Um, that, that initial, uh, that initial like swell into the first the intro. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's un oh my god it's like the best album opener like the best show opener you know i mean imperium is a pretty great show opener too but like we just got into talking about but like man this is yeah it it, it feels like they just took imperium and just (laughs) tried to do that again (laughs) and again and again and again but they did (laughs) but like it's but it but well, to me, not, it, not throughout the whole album because there are other things like Halo is completely different. From of course, it, all sorts of other it stuff. feels very different. Like clenching feels very different than Imperium because the main groove, the main theme, is very different. Yeah, there's like, oh, here, here's some solos and some thrash parts in the middle. Here's a breakdown at the end. But like, you know, clenching has like this that like super skank around one thirty. You know, you know, or whatever. And Imperium is like that, like, like one ten, you know, kind of thing. So it it's yeah. a totally different groove. It is, but like the arc of it is it, and then that's that thing. You almost like get like hints that they took like song like on through the ashes of empires, and they're like, what if we take that arc and we just go, boom, and then we in we we stretch it out and we inject it full of steroids and that- mutate it and let it live on the sun, like. <laughs> You know, that's really what I mean by by what they did with Imperium, but just did it again. Is like they again, it's like they composed it. They there's an arc to it. There's a journey to it. There's a there are rises and falls. There you know, there's a there's a journey. Right. Do you do you have a metronome app on your phone? No. It's a good question. (laughs) Probably not. So I do, but so can you pull up a beautiful morning? Yes. Because uh, I, the particular metronome app I have doesn't, I can't play a song while using it. This particular one. All right. So, so. Where to? No, just right at the beginning is oh, fine. Okay. So we're starting off, it's like 145. Oh, bounce up to 150 a little bit. Okay, 155, 57, slow down a little, back down to 150, 
Oh shit. Down to like, you know, you did. Forties again. And That's then awesome. up again. Down a little. It, it's wow. That's great. You never noticed, did you? I never noticed, but it feels like it should be doing that. Exactly. So, yeah, there you go. Isn't that fucking wild? Oh, that's cool as hell. <laughs> uh, there's another one on here where it's very, like, uh, uh, pronounced and whatnot. So, um, we'll get to it when we get to it. I don't remember what it is. Uh, yeah, but so there's some Yoda lyrics in this one. And it doesn't bug me. Yeah. None of the lyrics seem egregiously weird to me on this one. <laughs> right. Um, beautiful pushes and pulls. The ear candy on this record. Yeah. Masterful arrangement. The way they go back into the bridge as if it's the final chorus. It, so, yeah, yeah, Because you have the, the bridge of this song, which is the, the you know, this lifetime, whatever, yeah. that, that functions almost as a chorus. And then they put it on the end of the song, and then it kind of, like, falls apart dynamically and, like, fades out. Right. And so, like the bridge they come back to the bridge and it functions as like an emotional climax and like as a resolution for the song that yeah. is really difficult <laughs> to make that fucking work yeah. and like all the little connective pieces that they have on this record of like well how do we actually this is where we want to get how do we get to there all the little man is masterful yeah yeah and to hear them tell it on the little making of thing like that's what exactly what they were going for, right? Like they, right. they knew that they wanted to do this with this album. The, the, also, the solo description on oh, this one was great. It's like Demel Flynn, Demel Flynn, <laughs> Flynn and Demel. <laughs> <laughs> just, just couldn't decide, so they just went in at the end. Uh, <laughs> all right, the next one's aesthetics of hate. Um, <laughs> yes, like speaking of the lyrics being more detached and less personal, that's interesting because this one kind of is both. Yeah, in a way, it like it's really extremely is. personal because it's about Dimebag, but also it's like from an outsider's perspective. And well, you know what this song's really about, right? Oh, maybe not. Um, because I always thought it was, thought it was about Dimebag. It is, but it's specifically about this dickbag, hot take, elitist journalist who wrote this shitbag, oh. hateful, stupid article about like Dimebag Daryl something something, good riddance. Um, and it was, the, I must have known this at, at some point, the basic premise of the article, like he called it aesthetics of hate. And it was, it's just, you know, man, it was 2004 clickbait is really what it was. Mm. Um, but he just said some terrible things and basically like, yeah, this is, this is what this guy deserved. Right. Um, right. you know, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig into this, but it just it's just it's just gross. Um, and I remember reading this. I remember when this article came out because it was not too long after Dimebag had died that that this became sort of known to the metal community. And I'm it's, I'm I'm fucking like 20 or whatever, and I like find this dude's email address and I sent him a fucking tirade, you know. Damn. Like a like a fucking fifteen hundred word, like well thought out fucking essay about like listen motherfucker, Dimebag was an incredibly special musician and he could have done any musical genre that he chose to do. This is what he chose to do. It's okay if you don't get it, you know, because he is like talks about 
you know, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's I'm not gonna waste my time. But I, so I want to go find it and read that because I don't think I've ever actually read that. It's worth. It's, so I'll do that. Yeah. But so this song lyrically is not just a like, God damn it, Dimebag fucking died. Right. It's specifically a response to that article. Okay. Which was written for like the magazine called Iconoclast. That's why like the bridge is like Iconoclast. I hope you buy, you know, or whatever. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, and shit like that. So, so yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I always just took it to be more aimed at the murderer. Than the fact that Dimebag nope. died, so that's okay. Nope, it's not. It's not. It's not aimed at. It's not about the murderer. It's about someone disparaging Dimebag's name posthumously. Right. Um, right. And which again, how fucking hard? How it's it's. This might be the. The best fucking machine head song. I, I might, I might fucking, I might go out there and say it. Um, just because it's like, what, it, what do you, what, what do I need? Like, if I have the sh- in the shortest amount of time, let me demonstrate to you that Machine Head is one of the best metal bands to ever fucking exist. <laughs> and it's this song because that lyrically, that it fucking works. Yeah, this is kind of in their wheelhouse already in, in terms of like lyrical. Uh, styling what do you mean like it's 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 aggressive it's sort of uh uh confrontational it is but it's also like well thought out right all it's kind of all the things that they typically do in some ways but it's style wise but it's factual it's about someone you know and love that exists that is that is an absolute pillar of the metal community and for you to do like a very obvious tribute to them not like just this is a song about like our fallen brothers just like song about people dying and you dedicate it to him right which is what a lot of people do like a lot you know all right fine whatever you're you're sad someone died and then like rob's like no 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 <laughs> i i have this very specific song about this that the verses are puns like have puns based on like album Pantera album names and it fucking works. Right. You know, it's this, this, this should be lame. It should be cringy. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's not. Uh, And that I think is like why, you know, yeah, they're one of the best song, you know, like best metal songers to ever fucking exist. I mean, yeah, the words, the words I read on the screen left me fucking sick. I, I guess I always took that to mean like the new learning about his death. right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, just those those words, fuck the lyrics, the words I read on the screen left me fucking sick. I felt the hatred rise, you son of a bitch. That could easily go goofy feeling, but it works. Yeah, it absolutely does. Right, and I think one of the reasons that it works is because the music, like, there's so much fucking muscle. Like, yeah, you could goddamn, you could probably like, you could probably read good night moon over this fucking song <laughs> and it would probably like you know man it's fucking preach you know uh so yeah like every note of this song is perfect i don't understand how it can even be this good <laughs> um <laughs> okay. 
you know, I think I heard like Rob describe it as like a thrasher piece, thrash, like, you know, or something like that. Like when he, he was like, whenever I had the first riffs and the idea for the song, he's like, I called David. I was like, I, I've written a thrasher piece. Hell um, yeah. But I agree, man. Like this song, this song has everything. It has all of it. I don't know how it does it all so fucking well. Um, the the lead in to the verses, the little bends that they mm, go back and forth doing. Oh, oh yes, it's so cool. Yeah, dude. So like oh, the man. the bridge, right? So like the only thing that's better than the drumming in the bridge are the leads that are on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever, did you, you be, ever, be, because I've always heard the drumming too. The yeah. 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 So good. You know, yeah, dude, it's all so perfect and so good. How is it so good? Doesn't make sense. And yeah. Yep. It's so good. Um, so there's like whenever the like long live. What? Memory. <laughs> Hello. Is it going? It is still going. Okay. Did, did it just cut off and? I don't know what that was about. Can you see a picture on there? I do. Well, we'll address that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Either it erased everything and it's still going, or. Uh... Yeah, that's strange. I don't know. All right. Well then. Just checking. Just checking on us. You guys okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, so yeah, like the the long live memory, the the like guitar thing that that, that is going on in the background there. Yeah. That's like a like counter melody thing. <sighs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It gets me every fucking time. Hell yeah. So, um. Okay, yeah, so the bridge in Now I Lay Thee Down is some of the coolest metal guitar playing ever. <laughs> um, that's another one that, like, breeze, like, tap that one out, and it's, like, all over the place again. Um, but again, again, it's pretty much just all of my notes are, like, how is this song so damn good? Yes. Um, Slanderous is another really, really ambitious like how, like again, like tip of the hat for you guys to try, even attempt writing a song about that, about like you know, and I'm not sure that he doesn't have a hard R in there, but you know, um, in which part? Oh, wet back. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. When he, you know. But yeah, so but basically like the idea is is of a song is like all the slurs I accept it and you know and it, and it's it's just it's trying to sort of be like reflective about just the nature of hate itself and bigotry itself and whatnot, you know, I love you, I hate you or do I hate myself, you know, shit like that. Yeah. And it's just this is in 2007 too. Like Thank you, Rob. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's a hard line to walk. And uh, and uh, I think it does as good as it possibly can. Because how do you even fucking write? No one else. I, I don't know a single fucking anybody in metal that's ever even attempted 
to try and write an anti-bigotry song. Yeah, there's not much I can think of. Uh, it's much easier to play into it, if anything. Right. Uh, right. So, or or to just throw out centrist word salad. Yeah, or to just ignore it. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so... My favorite thing about Halo is that they had such a hard, it's a story about them having such a hard time recording it that when they finished, they were like, thank God that we never have to play that song again. <laughs> uh, mm, mm, mm. About that. So, yeah. So, like, for the first, like, like, they didn't play it on, like, the first, like, six months of touring for the Black Room. Fuck. Um, and then now, and then now they, like, close. <laughs> I assume that they just got so much better during that tour that they were able to just, you know, do it. Well, I think, I think it was, I don't think it was an execution issue. I think it was an arrangement issue. I think they just had a hard fucking time, like trying to figure out how to make the song work, mm, Okay, you know? Um, and so they were just like had, sick of it. And like, you know, you know, like, yeah, I don't even know if that works, but we're done. Right, I and see. I, and I think they got to that point, and then it was like, hey, do you know everyone's favorite song here? It's Halo. Fuck! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is, again, maybe the best fucking, <laughs> another one of the best fucking songs ever made. Add it to the list. Uh, put it on the pile, yeah. you know. Throw it in the bag. Dude, there's a run where, like, fucking Dave McClade is doing, like, that fucking double bass almost a minute straight with like just one little one measure break in there. One or two, you know, and like that is, that is a shitty shit fucking tempo to do double bass at that speed at for that fucking long while doing all the intricate shit on top that he's doing. It is no slouch. Um, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I love that. It's about fucking bullshit. Christians. And then, honestly, I don't know. Do you have anything else thrown there about? No. Okay. No, that's, that pretty much covers it. Um, I also love and the the feel on that song on Halo is very unique. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's there's a rub to it that's real weird, and it's like behind the beat. It's and that's the thing about all these things. Like when they groove like in that, like no one grooves quite the way Machine Head does in like that pocket. You know what I'm saying? That sort of mid. Yeah. Like it's it's deceptively um like it feels deceptively simple. Uh and so there's one more little, little drum nerd thing I wanted to mention. So mm. during like that breakdown before the outro, like after it comes out of the big long solo section. You know, there's the uh, there's one of these symbol chokes that Dave McLean does. Um, so it's, that's around like six fifteen or so. And this is a thing that I've seen him do very consistently, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone do it as like stylistically as he does it. Okay. Because most of the time when people hit a, a symbol choke, they treat it just like a staccato note. Right. Right. It's treated like a stab. You know what I mean? Like if your articulation, like so, they treat it like a thirty. Like every symbol choke is like a, like a staccato sixteenth note. Right. Right. And he doesn't do that. Is this the one where they come out of the, is the the the, the end with the the lead? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Is it that? Part of it. Okay. That's part of it. That, so it's um I'll show you. I'll show you. Okay. You'll 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 know what it is when you hear it. Um but what I'm getting at is that he he treats the cymbal chokes and he gives them length like they're like like a trumpet player or a horn player playing an eighth note. Da. 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 Like not just duh. Not 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 like a drummer who just like, oh well, I just hit the drum. It's less percussive and it's more melodic. Right. He cause he gives it length. Right. You know. Ah, you know. Okay. I see. Okay. Cool. And and that's a thing that he does all the time live. He's very yeah. he's very consistent and sometimes cuz he cuz he's, you know, his he has like this crazy fucking wingspan cuz his <laughs> proportions are real weird. Okay. Um and so he'll sometimes he'll do that shit like real cool where where he'll like do it with his arm. You know, like he'll go like, and he'll, you know, or like he doesn't. Does a big karate chop across the whole thing. Well, I don't. It's been a while. It's been a while since he did it. But but it's like he doesn't. Anyway, he he has. That's like. He is just such an understudied drummer, and he just doesn't. There's, there's not a nearly enough drum cams of just Dave McLean just fucking playing and doing his thing. It just doesn't exist, and it just bothers me because goddamn is he special <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Um, so but yeah so because those tell me if you agree with this so because of those first six songs being so fucking massive i typically did not give the last two because i'm exhausted like i've been all meddled out you know <laughs> so i i often didn't give wolves and farewell to arms as much of a, as much attention. I never thought they were like bad. Right. My criticism of Wolves was like, oh, well, this sounds like y'all just took all the leftover riffs you had and just made them all work somehow. I could kind of see that. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Uh, I, I think part of that is because it's sort of a, it's sort of a mid-tempo, but just like straight ahead feel to it. It like it feels like the sort of thing that could be anywhere else on the album, mm. and because it's at the end, it you like you said you're kind of out of steam at this point because you mm. just went through all that, and now you're here. Right. Uh, I always listen to the whole album pretty mm-hmm. much. I think uh, if there is a dip on this album, I think it's probably Wolves. Right. Um. But. I, I like it a lot still. Uh, so it's hard to say. I was really, when I went back and listened to it, I was like, you know what? This is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Because. And then a farewell. Oh, I can't. I'm not even. Yeah. I can't fuck with that. Right. Yeah. So, so fucking good. But like wolves is like, it's just, I went and saw Testament several years ago. Um, and they played for a long time. They played like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And they just made you fucking eat it. <laughs> okay. I can appreciate that though. Like like every Testament song does the same thing. Um, As each other. Y- yeah. 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 Like they're yeah. like, I mean, there's a, there's like a few that are like, well, we're going to do a slow thing before we do that thing. But they all. But they, we're going to do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they all get the same fucking thing done. Um, 
and they just it's like let's just let's go play 30 of them <laughs> like wow. and so like i i'm i i left that concert feeling like so like i was so satisfied uh, and i felt a little abused um and right. and that's kind of how the song wolves is like <laughs> it's not really dynamic they just make you fucking eat it for nine minutes and the kind riffs of, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the brutality and the intensity just keep coming. Like it starts and it just keeps, it just keeps, you know, you know, and it's, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it does yeah, all the things amazing, you know? So yeah, it's, it's still great. There's some real slick tempo changes on how they like get back to a part and and shit like that. That's like real sneaky. Yeah. And and just just so like it's you just you can feel like Rob and Dave like fucking okay, you know. Um, Trying to make this work. So it's amazing and uh, <clears throat> like yeah like if I had to say that there was a straight ahead song on this album that's the one. Right. Well, because but it's not really straight ahead. It's just not. It's just not as <laughs> yes. It's just extra as the rest of the fucking album it's is. It's just not as dynamic. Right, exactly. Um, so. it's still intricate, it's still all the things. Totally. But, and honestly, I think I I don't know. I, I think I think the album really, really would lose something if you took it off. I think it probably would, yeah. Um like to your point about like the testament set or whatever, that that is a problem that I have always had with Pretty, any metal show really mm-hmm. like i just have poor stamina in terms of <laughs> that sort of thing yeah like i just get drained way quicker than most people do i think so at the end of an hour long set i'm maybe not as bad but anything over that i'm just like i love this but i'm fucking done right uh and that happens with albums too sometimes uh depending uh some albums if they are able to do things the right way they can keep me Right, but I just have poor, like I said, stamina in that, in that way. So, um, at the, I feel like at the end, maybe not those, er, not some of those earlier Machine Heads shows, like where they played like five songs and that was it. But <laughs> Fuck. some of the times we saw them and they played for like a long time. Uh-huh. But any any metal band, really, I'm just like three quarters of the way through. I'm just like, Oof, I'm fucking feeling it, and I just can't yeah. muster the energy to, sure, to care sure, sure. at that point. Sure, sure but I'm sure. still like. I love this. So, <laughs> right, right, right. That's kind of yeah. how I feel with that. I gotcha. Yeah, like Gwen Testament played. Now they did break it up because each member did a solo, like it was a fucking Van Halen concert. Oh, nice. Okay. Which was cool. It was like, oh, there's a fucking bass solo. They all do it in sequence or like throughout the throughout set? the concert. Oh, that's cool. You know what that's I mean? Cool. So like after the fifth song, then Eric Peterson does one, and then like in between the tenth and the, you know what I mean? And then right. you get a bass solo, you get a drum solo, you get, it. and it was all sort of it was it was awesome. It was the perfect way to like break things up, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh. And farewell to arms. We'll talk about live machine head and shit like that. We'll do that next time. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So farewell to arms. When that chorus hits at three thirty five, might be one of the best musical moments ever recorded. <laughs> yeah, I guess like one of the best things ever been captured to fucking to fucking tape. As far as I'm concerned, like I don't. <clears throat> yeah, it's so good that the lead up of the entire record. To that moment is, <laughs> is, is worth, worth it. it. 
So, yeah. yeah. I, I also love when they just when he gets to the, a farewell to arms the first time because mm-hmm. it's gone for so long at that point. Yeah, and you don't really know. It doesn't really feel like a point where it's going to just like because it's, it's a bit of a crescendo, but it also is just the one line. Right, and then they go into more. You know, really, really well done. That's a special fucking song. <laughs> it it really really is. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just pure amazing epic fucking metal. <laughs> yep. I, what was the song? Uh, which song did they get like the fans in there to fucking record? Uh, clenching. It was clenching, right at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fight. Oh, fight. 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 I mixed that with creepy death, but so yeah, yeah. I have this. Nice. Which is uh, so this is not, they recently did a repressing, and that's not what this is. This is the original. Uh, it's or when it, did this come out? I guess two thousand seven. So, oh, this came out at the same time. Okay. I don't know. I don't know when this is, but you'll you'll notice. You'll notice something about this layout that might look familiar. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I basically lifted this design for the all severed vinyl. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, this is sweet. One of my was one of my coveted metal possessions because it's not a. Uh... Anyway, yeah. I bought it used. It cost a bit of money when I bought it. Not I'm not some like it was cost like seventy bucks. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not that because some you you can't like some people collect vinyl and they they're way I, that's not me. Sure. Not me, but no, dude. Like t- honestly, like the the styling of this album like makes it worth it to me. Like this album is well fu- like all aspects of this album from top to bottom are extremely well considered and. <sighs> Uh, the artwork of this album is like actually really fucking cool. Right. I have to wonder too if there was like just a certain amount of like with the success they had had that the record company was just like whatever you want. Yeah. What do y'all? What time do y'all? How much time do y'all need? Okay, you got it. Right. Yeah. That I'm sure that there was. You know. I'm sure that there was. Like, because they toured so much for Through the Ashes, and they were able to tour. Right. right. Yeah. You right. Know, there's like a three year gap. Like there's a two year gap, even with all that drama and all that craziness. There's only a two year gap between Supercharger and Ashes. Yeah. Like, there's a three year. Well, depending on how you count, but but right. a three year gap in the merit between the American releases of Blackening and Through the Ashes. Yeah. You know, so that's like a whole other year of touring, which means that's a whole other year of them making money for the label. <laughs> uh, right. You know, so it's like. They probably had a little longer, bit of a longer leash, exactly. So to speak, gave them a little bit more leeway on that one. You know, so. but like to hear to hear Rob tell it in the making of this, like he had the idea for this there. He like he knew exactly what he wanted to do with this, uh-huh. like uh-huh. the theming, the art, right. the meaning behind it, all that shit. He was just like, right. "Yep, here's what I wanted." Uh, but I think it's like none of their other albums are styled like this before no. or since. But it's so perfectly what this album needed. It really <laughs> it's, is. It's so I, wild. I remember being really turned off by the artwork of Locust when I saw it, and I was like, Ugh. "Yeah, yeah, it's not great." Um, it's it's probably my least favorite thing about that album, actually. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, I guess this is the last bit of good, good artwork. 
for a while. Mm. Oh no, the artwork on the new one looks solid enough. Okay, so. okay. Okay, I think that's it. Yeah, I think I've said all I needed to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could. I'm, I'll just go listen to these albums some more, I guess. That's the other thing too. Is this, <laughs> is this like I don't know if I, I've ever gotten to one where I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna listen to this right off with shit so we can talk about it. But um. <laughs> I think I'm gonna listen. I think it's what I'm gonna listen to tomorrow too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Listen, to this on the way home, I suppose. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of times, <laughs> I get to the end of one of these. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. listen to that next year. Put, put Pantera down for months. Yeah, yeah, we'll or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm... <laughs> on shuffle, like a Damage Plan song will come up <laughs> after one of these. I was like, Ugh. I can't. <laughs> Not right now. Book it, book it, book it, do 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 do. You know, and I was like, ah. <laughs> don't even act like that belongs with the metallic majesty get out of my playlist but no so. this one like I'm ready to dive back in immediately yeah, 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 yeah. alright adios adios <laughs>